life. So, what's up, everybody? This is Francisco, joined by my good buddies Andrew and Charles once more for Sports Goose number one thirty-five. So, there's actual sports happening. We're gonna talk about it. Want more? What? Andrew sounds far away. Yeah, he sounds really far. Not enough. That was uh, the last episode. I don't think we're live on uh, on Twitch yet. Is that Charles? Because I, I see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're on Twitter. So yeah. we're we're on something. We're on something at least. So we might just have to reload the page. Yeah, but regardless, we we're we're on. Once again, more snafus for being a live show. But hey, that's the way we like it. That's the way we do it. You know, we 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 it's it's fun that way. I've enjoyed it that way. And we're of course presented by Mister Tortilla. Get yourself some of those uh, one carb, fifteen calorie tortillas, everybody. Yeah, Charles had himself some tortilla based products today, didn't you, Charles? I did not. I did not. Because, oh no! I didn't. Ah, I'm looking yeah, at the I freaking was, group chat now, and you chose uh, something else. Yeah, I was contemplating it, but what happened was I was in my town by like five fifteen. It's about ten fifteen minutes out my way to get the tortillas and the mm. burrito, and then it started raining, and this is a truck, so yeah, it's you're on the outside. Now, yeah. So I decided to go to our you know fast food gods at wendy's for my dinner and i do not regret it all same thing too got the same meal as last time the honey hot chicken and nice very enjoyable but what i did enjoy was the was andrew once more trying to broaden his horizons by asking all the right questions with regards to mexican uh, delicacies if you will so andrew you had some questions about the authenticity of where charles was going charles you had you had a choice between Wendy's and a and a taco truck, right? Yes. So, and... by the way, where's this taco truck? Like, where is it located? Like, is it like outside your office building? Is it you know, is it parked it, out there? Well, it's like it's it's like ten fifteen minutes from my house. Oh, okay. Not, further away from my office, it's just it, it's one of those taco trucks where it's in um, it's in conjunction on a. How do I want to say this? It's just in conjunction. You know how there's like a you know a, a quickie mart or a, oh, like yeah. a Mexican shop. That's yeah. where it is. Like they're mm. they're in cohesion together in collaboration, and that's where I think they get their tortillas and some of their meat qualities. And it's just absolutely fabulous. I haven't had it in such a long time. I was craving it. And then Andrew had asked me if you know they're better than like Moe's or the other establishments. And absolutely. So anyone out there, I would tell you, get the truck burritos or tacos because there's something about not being able to wash your hands that adds the extra enhancing flavor. Um, but jokingly aside, it's just, it, it's a better quality. I don't know, either meat or a better quality grill that they use gas, propane, whatever you want to call it, but it tastes a lot better. It, it's good, man. Um, there's so many in Miami as well that it's unfair. So there might be more bad duplicates, but at least for my local area, that's where it is. And I like Moe's. We're not attacking Moe's. We've not sponsored them before. So there is definitely no attacking there, but it is as authentic as authentic can be, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- th- like I said, as much as you can get out of a food truck, but hey, man, food truck food is good. I'm telling you that. Food truck. I, I need to go to a food truck thing. I really need to go to another food truck like event or something like that. Just, you know, one of those. I gotta look online and see what local city or plaza or what have you is having a food truck event because that, that's always fun. You get that variety of a little bit of everything. 
Yeah. And and mine's the taco truck. That's what I call it. Or it's like the red taco truck in Martin County. Just to mm. give some formality to the name. Mm. Okay. All right. So, yeah. but uh, And we discussed anything that's being, become a chain has already lost its, I guess, authenticity to the original it's sold stuff. Out. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's well. I don't want. Uh, yeah, it's it, of course it did sell well, out. Well, it's, it's not really itself. selling out because it's impossible to maintain the. It's impossible to maintain that amount of quality when you've you've upsized so much. Like I'm sure McDonald's used to be a lot better back when it was just in whatever state it was in. I think California. Iowa. California. California. California, yeah, yeah. Remember, Ray Kroc uh, stole McDonald's from the actual McDonald's brothers, and that's right. why the Padres are forever cursed as a franchise. So, it's fair to say that franchise establishments are going to be mid at best, which is fine. Mid means it's edible. Yeah, and I think to Andrew's point as well, you you you're a franchise, so you can only deviate so much because you have to make a one-size-fits-all thing for every single part of where you're selling your your stuff and then look we've heard the stories of international places might having better quality basically because they have laws that say hey you can't sell cardboard to people and call it food (laughs) like we do here so there's there's that but for the most part, it's like it's a one size fits all. Here's what we got. You make the food. This is the this is the assembly line. Make it as is. Don't deviate from that. And only now has McDonald's and other establishments are kind of getting into. Hey, you want to learn some life hacks with our food? Try this secret menu, which is basically like, from what I've heard, is do it yourself type of things where it's like okay if you buy one of this and you buy these two which i think is a way to upsell you more stuff than you need he's like oh do you want this type of burger well if you buy a number one and a number two and you just change these ingredients together and you'll get this which it's all ploy it's all ploy just to sell you more stuff than what you need and then and then you have extra stuff that you only want to eat on the side so it's like you're wasting food at the same time and you've paid double which is not good. Or you could just take it home. I've been thinking about this for quite a while. <laughs> we can tell. You're, McDonald's is never going to sponsor us now. And oh, that's okay. Uh, we accept that. Uh, I know. It's fine. But, yeah, that's that's kind of been on my brain lately with regards to our food goofs topics here. But we got sports. Baseball is back, everybody. So the yeah. players are back at spring training. Things wheeling and dealing is happening right now at a very pretty fast pace. There's a few notable free agents that haven't signed and thus haven't traveled to Florida or Arizona for spring training just yet. We'll see. Marlins fans are pissed off because it seems like we're not doing anything. Even though our owner is saying... Just trade for a guy? Who? I don't know who we traded for. That we got from the Reds? No. Uh, but it sure wasn't Nick Castellanos, who's what every Marlins fan, who everyone Marlins fan wants to get. Uh, he's from Davie, Florida, so he's from down here. But, but I don't know. Some fans, some fans that know a little more analytics are like, well, he, his hitting metrics 
don't really play well to a pitcher-friendly ballpark, which is kind of the thing that kind of screws the Marlins up. It's it's like they play in such a massive ballpark, which is massive for no reason other than to be massive, that it's really going to scare a lot of hitters away. Like, why go there and screw up your numbers when you can just go to Philly or New York? Yeah, even New York's uh, size down is very, very yeah. player friendly. Yeah, go to or Philly or yeah, or New York or, or or even Atlanta, which is like a fair ballpark, and get your numbers up over there rather than come to Miami and just get absolutely decimated by the massive outfield. I mean, we're lucky John Carlos Stanton hit 59 home runs in a single season. He probably would have hit 60 plus if he played in a smaller ballpark that season in 2017. But. But yeah, I, I, it's going to be hard to entice hitters to come to Miami until the day that they finally decide to bring the fences in more than what they've already done. And it's going to cost some money to do that, but I'd rather do a complete remodeling of the outfield and the outfield locations than... I mean, nobody goes to the ballpark anyway, so we can just kind of... <laughs> we could just kind of make the outfield construction only though nobody can go in because they're working on it and just open up a couple sections in the upper deck we don't sell those anyways so might as well just make up for it that way uh, i just random thoughts for me because marlins fans are just kind of lost hope you know uh our the false prophet came in and and left us high and dry um so false prophet Derek jeter overrated shortstop and yeah <laughs> you know one well, of the worst wanna, defensive shortstops of your, all time. I want to get your guys' opinion on something. Mm. So a lot of people, or some people, were saying that the reason why he left was because he did not like the way he didn't he didn't like how the owners were doing business during the lockout, and that he kind of still has that player in him Hmm. i mean i don't know i'm gonna go with the idea that what he was there for almost four years right so what happens is he just got sick of management and that's understandable that they're really not a team built to win that those first two years of farm selling everything and the promises of getting free agents and realizing free agents don't want to come to you make the job a lot more difficult because your ownership has actually put this big wall despite the fact of laying down the um the path of what you could be doing because remember he was just a human meat shield anyway to quote dan levitard mm-hmm. um and you really you only get one year of success and part of the reason why of success that happens is one you were a COVID playoff team as was everybody that season to be honest but the vision and the expectations can't work when you know you can't contend when you don't have ownership who's either going to put the right pieces and for anything in sports and i was thinking about this because nfl free agency also opened up along with mob um, the trades are kicking in is the concept that you need the star player. You don't necessarily need a star player to be a very well built team. What you need is complementary pieces to what you're missing. And what's happening from me being a pseudo Marlon savant being friends with Francisco for mm-hmm. so long, especially doing the show is what I realized is that you might have a guy, you have stellar pitching, but you can never seem to put the complementary picture, uh, pitchers or players to help out every step of the way. What was the issue of, um, your starting pitcher, I forgot his name, big old guy, maybe 26, 27. Sandy Alcantara, is that him? Well, our, our ace is Sandy Alcantara, yeah. 
Oh, Alcantara. So, so Alcantara's doing good. Yeah, we gave him an extension, so he's and he's, he's going he's seven, eight up. innings, and then there's just no hitting support oh, yeah. or yeah. Your relief that pitching sucks. is just trash. And I think Jeter's mm-hmm. just kind of like, hey, I came from a system where we at least try to get the guys, try to get the complimentary pictures, pitchers. We knew in the 2019s. I think he holds dear to 2009. I'm not trying to be a Yankee fan holding on to the past, but what was 2009? We were supposed to be dead in the water, and we get the ace pitcher in CC. We get a somewhat ace hitter into Shara and fielding. And then we get the complimentary guy in AJ Burnett. And I think that's what he wanted to lead to his regime. And after four years of management, you're like, I'm just sick of the owner. I don't think he was sick of the city. I don't know if he wants to say it was bad faith in the GMs because it's not like Jeter is new to this. He was a MLB player for 20 plus years. So he knows that owners only care about owners. But I think, I think maybe it's a little bit what you were hinting at, Andrew, but the other process is that maybe Miami's just not worth it. In fact, the only person who's cared about it being worth it in Miami has been Don Mattingly, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's some dire straits, but let me let me let me keep going with some of the deals that's going on and then we can talk about the actual changes that are going to be coming to the game following the actual agreement between the owners and the players. So Andrewton Simmons signed with the Cubs. So that's uh, one guy gone down. Uh, Zach McAllister went to... Well, he's on a minor league deal with the Cardinals. Uh, uh, The Pirates agreed to terms with Daniel Vogelback, Heath Hembry. Uh, The Braves signed Matt Olson to an eight-year contract. Traded for Matt Olson and then signed him. Yeah, they traded him and then they signed him to an eight-year contract. So Freddie Freeman is gone. He is. It's done. It's the end of an era for the Braves. He goes out with a ring, and it's looking like he's just gonna sign with the Dodgers because I think he's from California, right? So yeah. people are assuming that's where he's gonna go, unless the Marlins, <laughs> unless the Marlins do something weird and just throw him all the money. How <laughs> like uh, what was it? Who's who's a uh, Eric Hosmer type of situation? It's like we got our first baseman. He's got a ring like the Padres have done uh, and try and do something like that. But the Marlins, uh, gosh, man. Okay, uh, let's keep going. Uh, what what else is it? Jake Marisnik signed with the Rangers. Uh, Adam Odovino signed with the Mets. Who else is here? Uh, the Yankees <sighs> traded away some dudes. So we got to talk about this, Charles. <sighs> You're too funny, Charles. All right, Charles. Do you miss him? Do you miss Gary Sanchez already? I am so happy Gary Sanchez is gone. <laughs> like, literally, we went through two seasons of Gary Sanchez hate. Yeah. And it was two seasons of Giancarlo Stanton support. I was for one GS and against another GS. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Gary's gone. We're not going to pay. We're like, oh, we love him. He's the baby Bronx bomber. It's fantastic. I'm like, the man had no fielding skills at all. Not one, but two of our star pitchers throughout the years have said, we don't want this guy to be our catcher. Mm-hmm. So when Garrett Cole was pitching, it's Kyle Hishigoga. When it was CC Zabathia before he retired, it was Kyle Hishigoga or whoever else that we had on there. Gary Sanchez is just a catcher by position, but not by heart. What he is is a future DH. But the problem was, guy just hits like 197. <laughs> so he'll hit them dingers, but boy, howdy, is he unreliable to the bat. I like mm-hmm. Kyle Hishigoga. He's kind of like Jorge Posada super light. And when I mean light, like beta testing, because (laughs) 
he just can't really he can feel decently and get the pitching where it needs to be for the most part but cannot for the life of him just hit them you know them even getting on base all the time to my knowledge and but gary is gone but there's always a sacrifice play right Something has to hurt with a breakup, and the breakup wasn't between Gary Sanchez. That was just easy. That's like you know having that toxic ex, and you don't have to have her friends or his friends with you anymore, the siblings or the parents. We got rid of Gio Urshela. I'm not too crazy about that. I really like Gio Urshela as a third baseman. Some side notes, what he did was he replaced Miguel Andujar like two years ago, was mm. consistent. Glaber Torres' his best friend, essentially, on the team. Good third baseman. Average around the batting and the fielding, but you know what? Not everybody could be perfect and you're competent at play. And then we trade all that in for um, two Rangers players. The one of them, I, I can't pronounce his name, Cafella. I'm so sorry. One day I will learn how to actually say names, but to this day, people can't say my last name. So I don't feel bad, but I'm just bringing up the name eventually. Well, let me get it there because we know who I'm going to mention. But we got set. We got catcher Ben Rortfit. Don't know enough of them. I didn't follow the Twins really last year. I said they were going to be a fraud team, and mm. when I'm right, I'll go for Isaiah Kinner Falefa. I was kind of right um, as an infielder, and then <sighs> Josh Donaldson. Yeah, this is the other one. This is the other Why? One. So I'm trading one one bad future player for someone who is really just kind of ran his shelf life. One who dare call up Garrett Cole and then got embarrassed by Garrett Not Cole teammates. every step of the way. And now they're <laughs> teammates, which is fine. If you want to have a Scotty and Michael in the NBA, here it is. Because if this gives me, or MLB, but if this gives me all the championships I want, I'll take it. I just don't see, there's two things I draw from this. I'm really just going to, because I can go on forever. Two things that it tells me is that we're playing for next year's infield because the two guys that we got with Vorvet and then um, Falefer, because I don't think Gleyber Torres is going to be staying around. Remember, we had him as a hybrid of shortstop and um, second base. Luke Voigt's still around unless we catch the whale that is Freddie Freeman, which makes me very excited about it. And then Josh Donaldson's remaining two years on the contract. So really, it's just going to be one year because that contract will get moved out, I think, in a year if he is not hitting the home run stuff. But it tells me that that we're going to be kind of trying to figure out what the reshaping was, that we didn't want to do Gio Urshela when he came up to arbitration because why we still have to pay big people. And that tells me the other thing, we're going to pay some big people. How, when, why, we don't know because we have the lockout, but we still have Aaron Judge's big-ass contract coming into play. There's rumors about Trevor's story. Freddie Freeman's still at play. There's another big, gigantic splash. So it's kind of like, hey, who we lose here with Gary and Gio isn't really going to be indicative of what we think the season's going to be. It's about building the foundation. Because what do we know about every free agent player that the Yankees signed, guys? Minus the last two years. It's never for like that two years, let's try it out thing. It's a five, six, seven-er. And if we get that Freddie Freeman, which I really hope we do, that's that four-year. If we get the Trevor Story, who's like 28, 29, that's a seven-year. We're building to the future, and we're looking already to spend because Josh Donaldson did not have a cheap contract. The problem is Josh Donaldson is kind of an ass. And I know what, you know, I can feel Andrew's spite just like, oh, Yankees are asses. Ha ha ha. But Josh Donaldson's not like the kind of ass that I want. That's nasty ass that hasn't bathed after it crapped itself. Because um, we're on the hook for this year at 21 mil, next year 21 mil, and the following year at 6 million. 
So I would imagine that we're going to really just run the gambit with him for this year. It's not like he cannot hit, but he's not Josh Donaldson of the Toronto Blue Jays anymore. Mm. I think he's just being asked to be the veteran presence, I, which is weird because we forget how young that team is because it is very young. And it's kind of hoping that if, and this is my other prediction, the third tier of why I think we got Josh Donaldson. You know who really sucked ass last year? Joey Gallup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like a shuffling of bats, uh, I would think. He, he's happy the shift's dying. So Yeah, well, uh, it's just, uh, but we're not getting, I don't think we're getting sexy tree trunks Anthony Rizzo back, which saddens me. Mm-hmm. But we might if we're going to strike out Luke Voigt. But then there's also been rumors about Rizzo um, going back to Chicago. But that's how I feel about this trade. It's a little bit of path to the future. I think this this is going to be the mulligan. <laughs> He's from here down his yeah. toes. So. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be the mulligan, and it's going it, to it's this. Oh, you miss Gary Sanchez? Well, don't worry. You're going to have Josh Donaldson making you hate your life, and Joey Gallo. It's like Keenan Kell hatred edition. Who loves strikeouts? Kill loves strikeouts. Mm. All right. Uh, Andrew, have the Rays made any sort of significant moves as of late? I don't think they have from what I've seen. No. Not, I think the Braves not, signed a player away from them. but Not really since this pre-lockout started. Yeah. Um, I mean, we picked up Corey Kluber before... The lockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have my have my sloppy seconds. It's okay. But in terms of post uh, post yeah. lockout, no. We're, okay. We kind of stood pat. Well, I mean, you locked up your star young player, so that's basically what you guys have done. I mean, it's par for the course of the Rays until they figure out something with their ballpark situation all right so there's that those are our teams and we'll see if some of the big stuff drops anytime soon freeman carlos correa still out there guys uh, i don't want any of that yeah if you don't you if the yankees announced them what would would oof, that would be a fun episode. i want story more than correa yeah, i mean okay. like i i'm not trying to hate on Correa sure, because he gave yeah, it's just like how Altuve gave us the middle finger post-can season. Correa's going to do the same thing, too. It's just just pay Aaron Judge, man. Get it done. That That's really the focal point for it because we – I was speaking about this to my paralegal earlier because he's a Braves fan. So he was very distraught about – he was accepting Matt Olson in mm-hmm. that sense. But Freddie, the thing about Freddie is he was your face of the franchise. He sells tickets. He sells merchandise. Ronald Acuna doesn't do it. I don't know any of the other players, you know, and the only yeah, other thing was Marcelo Zuna, who's yeah. now faced of a prison cell and a jail inmate. So mm. there you go. He's the one that got arrested for the yep. TV, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, so as a franchise like the Yankees, you know, we have faced the franchises for every generation. Jeter, you know, and that we need something to kind of usher in. And I'm just speaking to my generation I'm growing to. I know I can go back all of those several years of all the other players, we mantle and all that stuff, but we'll belabor the time of our greatest success. We could build an all-star team of our players that we have a ring of um, honor. Anywho, but you need that as a face of franchise. So I'm like us. I'm like, Garrett Cole ain't the face of franchise. Garrett Cole is supposed to be like a missing component and a piece component. Same thing with Gio um, or Sean Carlin on Gio and a lot of these other guys. But Judge is our dude. He's 29, 30. Okay, you're going to have to eat that eight-year deal. Eat it. Right, get it done because I don't know what this lockout brought 
really to players' rights, except for future players mm. leading up into arbitration and everything, but with the present guys that you have now get it done. Mm. All right, so let's talk about some CBA stuff. So we've got uh, the minimum salary is going to rise now. So every year it's going to rise a, a, a couple, uh, 20 grand every year. So right now the minimum is 700000 By 2026, it'll be seven eighty. So those guys are going to get paid a lot more down at the lower levels uh, of the baseball threshold. The tax threshold, competitive balance tax threshold, the luxury tax, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so teams that go above this amount uh, with regards to their payrolls will be hit with the tax. So it's $230 million this year. By 2026, it'll be $244 million, So suppress that and boom. Uh, yeah, pre-arbitration bonus pool. So this is a new thing where uh, it's aimed to reward the top young players in the game. Pools are drawn from the Central Revenue Fund to pay the top players who are not yet eligible for arbitration. Arbitration determines upcoming salaries for players who are not yet eligible for free agency and could not agree on a contract in time. So the bonus pool slated for the next five years is $50 million. And the pool will count $1.66 million per team. Um for uh, payroll purposes, and the MLB and MLBPA will collaborate to fairly allocate these funds. Um, and then we've got some changes to the gameplay. Most notable is that we finally have Universal DH. So that's great for the National League, uh, but old fuddy-duddy uh, original goof Doug... He's not a he's not a fan. He wants pitchers to bat in the National League still. We're gonna have to give him a stern talking to. I'm gonna say this right show. now, and I'll keep it to one sentence. Anybody who still wants pitchers as designated hitters find their cousins attractive. Just saying, like oh. out with the old school, keeping it pure in the bloodline. Let's just venture out, baby. Let's Christopher Columbus this ish oh, right now. So, uh, so there's that. Other rule is that we're not gonna be doing the whole guy on second base to start extra innings thing anymore. Frank. God. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So it, it was a weird experiment, and it just I don't I don't really feel like it saved that much time. To be honest, it made things kind of frustrating with some teams kind of winning games so easily and handily. Yep. Which I I get that was the point of it to try and get games to end early, but it might have been a bit unfair, especially especially for like the home teams. Um. So there's that. Uh, so regular extra innings now. So they'll last 4,000 innings if they have to. Uh, that's this season. Those are the new rules starting this season. Next season, 2023. So we're, we're finally getting a pitch clock. So pitchers are going to have to pitch the ball very quickly within a time limit now, which is great. Here's the thing that bothers me about that. Okay. There's already a pitch clock on the rules. Yep. Enforce that. Jesus. Yep. I you guess. Need to, why add the rule? So, so Andrew, explain it. There. Explain it. Explain it while, you, while, you're, while, you're, while you're ranting about it right now. I, I mean, I don't know how to explain it even less than that. There's already a pitch clock on the rules. You have to. It's not an actual physical clock. Mm-hmm. But the umpire has the discretion to tell the pitcher to pitch or he's going to call it a ball automatically. 
kind of like how a batter has to be in the batter's box, and if he's not, it can be an automatic strike if the pitcher throws. So these are... Already there in the rules, and it's not some, like, rule 5.6.7 subsection G shit. It's pretty (laughs) well known. So why... If anything, just amend the rule so that you have a specific time laid out instead of just adding a new rule. Just enforce the rule. Okay. So, I guess, stronger version of this? I'm not sure, but okay. What's uh, the time frame that's doing for the pitch clock again? What is, that's what I'm trying to search while I, while Andrew was talking. I was trying to find the the, the time limit, um, or pitch clock rule, but I'm not finding the the thing right away. Um, well, if somebody can look it in the background, let me let me uh, move on to the next thing. So no more defensive shifts. Yeah. So the soul. It, it, and so players are going to have to stay on certain sides of the field and not have to do something ridiculous where the entire infield is on the right or left side of the field for extreme pull hitters, which is going to revive certain uh, careers of certain hitters like Joey Gallo. So maybe he'll finally do something for the Yanks. And I mean, still going to strike out. <laughs> Guy had a high <laughs> That's true. That is true. So that's that's the other rule. Um, an automatic ball slash strike zone will exist. What does that mean? What the hell does that mean? Ah, okay. So we're finally letting the robot overlords take over, finally. And then we'll have larger bases. So I am we, a huge fan of this. We talked about this last show uh, before Andrew was uh, popped off there, but but yeah, we talked about this last show. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, I liked some of the memes that came out of it. I, I, th- I don't know if I showed you guys the one with Ricky Henderson when he stole yeah. his, his <laughs> when he broke Lou Brock's record. Yeah, that was really funny. Uh, so there's that, and then. And and I guess with these new rules in 2023, a committee of four active players and six members appointed by the MLB and one umpire will be responsible for these rules. So I guess they'll oversee how things are going and maybe make some tweaks and stuff along the way. So there's that. It kind of feels like uh, with like the NHL the, uh, when they had like the GM meetings. And they usually make some minor tweaks to the game every once in a while, especially when they introduce replay in the NHL Coaches Challenge. And they had to make some tweaks mid-season along the way to kind of make it less, I don't know, weird for or arbitrary or less, especially with like the offside stuff. Ah, now I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, so let's move on. Uh, playoffs. Playoffs. So now we have 12-team playoffs. This is why sports don't matter anymore. This is why it doesn't matter. Because not only does everybody get a play into it, you're probably going to get some damn good games in the very first couple of rounds. And then you're like, I don't need to watch the World Series. I don't need to watch the ALCS or the NLCS. We felt that in football. 
And we'll feel it in baseball if they do the reseeding like everybody wants to do. Well, here's how they're going to be doing it. So 12-team format, six playoff teams per league, three division winners, and three wildcard teams. So they will be seeded as follow. We'll have the one seed, so the, the team with the best record in the NL and the AL. The two seed, they have the second best record among the division winners. And the three seed, who will be the third best division winner record. And then you'll have the wild cards four through six. And it's the three best records among the non-division winners in order of record. And the top two seeds will get a bye to the divisional round. So like the NFL. Uh, How will the 2022 playoffs format defer from previous years? So there'll be one extra playoff team per league competing in the playoffs. Additionally, there will not be any tiebreaker games to determine playoff teams during the 2022 season. So the wild card round, the number three seed will host the number six seed in a three-game series. And then number four will take on number five in a three-game series. Then those winners will move on to face the uh, divisional round where the top seeds from the NL and AL will be sitting there waiting. Number one seed hosts... The winner of the 4-5 series, the number two will face off against the 3-6 series winner. So that's how it's going to go. So it's so yeah, basically gotten, NFL. Have they basically gotten rid of divisions, though? It sounds like it. If you're telling me 1, 2, and 3 is just going to be based off of, you said the best record or the best record in each division? I missed that part. So 1 through 3 are the best are division winners. So the, 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 East, Central oh, okay. and the East Central and West, but the number one team in the AL and the NL, they get a bye week. To the first round like it's basically nfl format no, that's what it is guess. it's sure. the nfl format so it's the same as the nfl was it 30 teams in baseball without them expanding to uh canada again 30 teams right now and we'll see you know they'll, they're probably gonna expand to 32 at some point that's yeah. it's only natural it's, it's looking that way nashville's making a big push and montreal is looming in some I sort of way hate- shape or form I don't hate the addition because Andrew and I are in a division where it would create the necessity, but then you get the fraudulent stuff like you have like in the NL West last year. Like the AL East, I can tell you. Yankees, well, the NL West, the Giants were, Tampa, no, the Toronto. Giants, and Do- no, it was the. Uh... Oh, I'm talking about the Padres as fraudulent. <laughs> because that's the thing. We, we are in a division with those four teams. Like Toronto's coming up. Tampa could come up if they don't give the fire sale. Yankees are the weird transition. And I don't know with Boston. Um, and of itself, because I just can't, I hate them. So there you go. I hate Alex Cora so much, but that makes sense to have all those fine quality teams getting a chance. And then on the NL side, it's like, okay, but what are we doing this in chain reaction? Whereas the central was trash, the NL East was trash and really feels like it's a, it's a safety net to justify the biggest money so, that was spent, which was at the NL West. So let's take a look at all those teams. So the, uh, just to kind of contextualize this a little bit more. So going by last season's records, how would this season, how would the playoffs have ended up in this format? So in the American League, the, the, the Rays were the number one team. They would have had the bye. And then you had the White Sox and the Astros as the two division winners. Okay. Trash. Um, so, so those, uh, was it, were the two division winners. And then um, the wild card teams would have been the the Red Sox, the Yankees, trash, and 
ooh, that this would have been fun and at least a nice story. The Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Okay. You know, get behind it. Still don't understand the run differential. <laughs> you could yeah. be that good. So the Mariners would have offensively. So the Mariners would have faced the the Astros, or is it, is it would have been the Astros? Yeah. 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 Right. The Mariners would have, they they were the sixth seed, and then the four or five seed. Oh no! Oh no! It's the two division winners have to go right. So. It would have mm-hmm. been the White Sox versus the Mariners, and then the Yankees would have faced the Red Sox either way. So that that would have been that. And the NL would have been the the Giants would have been number one, and then the Brewers would have been the number two seed. The Dodgers at 106 wins would be facing off against the... Hmm. Damn. Man, the NL was not great. <laughs> I'm realizing <laughs> that- last year. That's my point. Yeah, they would have faced off against the Phillies, who were at 82 victories last year. And then it would have been like yeah, the Cardinals a lot of money versus the, the Braves. Yeah. So and, and was, so that that's what it would have been. But, hey, it gives a team like, I don't know, the Marlins <laughs> a possible chance to at least make the playoffs. And, guys, we all know what this is for. It's to sell tickets. Yeah. It's to sell playoff tickets. It's to make us care about the season for a lot of us fringe franchises at when September comes. Because if you're like, what, I don't know how many more, if you're like, what, 60 and 60 going into September, you're going to be like, well, at least we have a chance. We just need to win half of our games and we might have a shot at the playoffs uh, to, to end the season. So well, what's your balking at is hoping that you can change baseball playoffs for ratings into March Madness. And I'm not trying to tie it in to be cute with today's relevant times of sports because March Madness is going to begin shortly in a day or so. It's the idea that people will watch the casual viewers are going to watch on TBS, they're going to watch on Fox, are going to watch, you know, those other teams because maybe they believe in the underdog or maybe it brings in the fan base or maybe people want to know because what do we do? Fantasy everything. So sure. But that's the only way I see the appeasements besides what we already talked. It, about. it really has, and and really, it's going to be a te- it's going to be a real test as to the parody in baseball, because like the NBA, NBA is probably the best example of when you have a one seed versus an eight seed, and you sure as no hell know that that eight seed is not going to be doing much of anything. Okay, yep. you only get you. It, it's only like once in like every 30 years that you get an eight seed that somehow upsets a one seed. So you've got that. So can MLB be something more like NFL where, Hey, sometimes you get a hot wildcard team that can knock off uh, a division win in the first round and maybe even knock off a, a number one seed in, in the divisional round. Or even in the NHL, where an eight seed can win the Stanley Cup, we've seen it happen already within the, like the last decade. So it, it's it's entirely possible. So we'll see how strong baseball's parity is, but it's going to be really hard to to justify some 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 stuff with that when a team with seventy nine victories somehow gets that six seed and is facing but, off a team that won ninety five games. But you know who's loving this kind of stuff, though? GMs who think like Billy Bean does over in Oakland, where they're basically saying, if I'm always going to get to playoffs, the need for having a star player is absolutely dead. Mm. So I can go back and trade away the Matt Olsons and everybody else that they have and always be perennially contending because of mediocre. Because what do we know about playoffs for any sport? 
nothing means anything of the record and run differentials and scores and all that stuff once you get to the playoffs and postseason because you're all starting up at the zero. And that's when mm-hmm. the injuries accumulate that they can really get to you, or when you're hot, you stay hot, right? If you subscribe to that theory of entertainment in your sports. Uh, it's just uh, and um, I'm just I'm I'm and it really is based on perspective. Like some franchises, I mean, you're a fan of the Yankees, and you expect them to make the playoffs every season, yeah. for the most part. And, and, well, not and, with and, a certain manager still there, but yes, <laughs> yeah. So you've got that. You got me, who the Marlins made the playoffs only once in the last 17 years. So this only gives them a day man they might be able to they might go on a run guys and get to 79 victories and that might be just enough in the national league to get that sixth seed and who knows after that so there's always that possibility for for my team so it it does have some excitement but i don't want that false excitement where it's where it feels like an nba team that are the wild card games still going to be a one-off, or did they change it to best of three? Uh, I, I don't think there's a wild card game anymore. Oh, that's fine. No, you you said oh okay because they're going to do the buys and then yeah yeah it's it's going by by the records now. Okay. So the wild card game. So is out. are we are we doing threes or are we doing fives? So we're we keeping uh, to fives. All right, so let me let me uh, explain. Because I think you can make the argument now that they have a buy. No more of best of fives, you go best of threes. But I don't know if that was an inclination because what were you doing? Pitcher's health and also not to skip out the rotations. If All right, so right. let me let me let me see again. So uh, twelve team format, number one seed is the best overall record, number two seed, second best record among division winners, and then the third is the last division winner. And the first round will be the wild card round, which is just think the twenty twenty playoffs, how that happened. So number three mm-hmm. seed, so the third best division winner, will face off against the number six seed. The four seed, so the best wild card team, will host the fifth seed, so the second best wild card team. So that's the first round. And then right, oh, so BU's, BU's chiming in here. BU says uh, wild card is best of three. Also, yeah. like the reseeding is dumb. Agree to both. Yeah, that's gonna be strange because uh, you could potentially have an awesome wild card team that that probably has like last season the Dodgers had 105 Giants, vic- yeah. yeah had 105 victories and you're getting what should be the National League Championship Series in the second round instead which kind of I mean could you imagine the because already it's a great series between the Dodgers and the Giants just having them in a division series, but that's a five-game series. Imagine if they had gone a seven-game series. That would have been insane. So you want that more than anything else. You don't want to blow your load on the divisional round when you can just have that in the championship series. So uh, but, so there's... Uh, and then you've got the other teams, teams like the Rays, who somehow make it work. <laughs> but they're on the downslide, though. Well, the we'll World see. Series, ALCS. Once again, they're m- much like the A's, they're a team that ebbs and flows. So they'll have three, maybe four years of being down, and then their scouts will churn out some gold, and they'll win the division again and be on, on a, another World Series run. 
Uh, unless they get a ballpark, in which case maybe they'll actually spend some money. That, that could be a thing, too. Just put the team up for sale, Andrew. <laughs> if Andrew could, hey. he would. If he hey, could, he would. Hey. hey, you know me. If if I could somehow convince Sternberg to sell it to Jeff Finnick, holy crap, I would do that. I would sell my kidney yeah. for he, him he, to do that. Andrew, he's a, fel- he's a fellow Jew. I'm sure you could find a way to get a meeting with him. Calm down now. So they... In response to that, they never did establish salary floor and ceiling, huh? I no. mean, I think the idea of pulling up no. the pool of money is creates the idea of spending, but there was no mandate to it. So that no. Oakland and um, Baltimore are going to find a way to remain being cheap. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think the the raising of the minimum salary and I guess the arbitration pool, the pre-arbitration pool are, I guess, I guess were the compromises that the players association and the owners made to not have a salary floor, which is what the NHL has. NHL has a salary floor. So that's, they avoided talking about that issue or, or, or having that issue set in stone Mm, for now at least. I don't know if it settles the biggest issue that happened going to the lockout, though. Star players get the $300 million contracts. The current young guys are going to get X amount of money, but does it solve the in-between, middle-of-the-line veterans? I don't think it did from what I was keeping up with it, the articles I read, everything of that nature. Well, crap, Jason Worth was on the Blue Jays? Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> a couple players in order to get right there. Yeah, I, I didn't realize he played for the Jubilee. I just thought he played for the Phillies and Nationals. Wow. Okay. I think that was his very beginning team for like the first three years of his career. Yeah. Unless that's just a franchise. I will check up Jason Worth. As I mean, verify that was uh, it just popped up on the screen in the background here. So that's uh, that's very surprising to me. So uh, I mean, for me, it just makes me at least maybe I'll be excited for September baseball. I have no idea. The Marlins have a great rotation, but they can't develop He was any. with the Blue Jays for one year, for 2002, okay. 2003, and then put to the Dodgers 2004, 2005. He was on the Dodgers too? Wow. Damn. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, and you know, Charles, you mentioned a $100 million player, and I just want to get to Gottlieb's goons right here, guys, because I had to mention somebody. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> The cover athlete for MLB 21, the show. And all the young men in sports in the future for the next 13 years in baseball. Yeah. And, and you know, the, 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 the premier bat flipper in baseball. The guy who was supposed to bring baseball to be fun again. Breaking the unwritten rules that the Texas Rangers hate so much. Uh, but he's going to need some wrist surgery. Because uh, he's going to miss up to three months. Three months for the San Diego Padres. an idiot. Yeah, this man is out here riding motorcycles during the lockout. And he suffered an injury. And I think the, the, the... And it was weird in the lockout when players trying to nurse their injuries because I don't know if there was a certain rule set for how... like. Like how much access they could have to team doctors and things like that. I don't know what. I don't think they could have any. Yeah, I didn't get any sort of definitive answer if there was some sort of like 
at least compromised to seeing some or, or maybe if they were like private contractor doctors maybe they could see them and they're not actual team doc- I have no idea but regardless uh, Tatis Jr. got injured during a motorcycle accident of some sort during the offseason and it's affected his wrist and he can't play right now so he he's got a gonna... motorcycle accident he fractured it I think and he didn't go to get proper medical care to begin with correct he just assumed everything was good yeah i think so but i think uh he was trying to figure that out and it's just it's untenable he can't he can't catch and field and swing a bat with a messed up wrist that's it's impossible so he'll be out which is telling for the padres because the padres were the most disappointing team in baseball last season they the were fraudres. they were the most yeah they were the fraudres they were the most fraudulent team in baseball uh let's see so a uh, bob nightingale who was weirdly enough the real mvp of the mlb lockout uh, uh the 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 surprise redemption story of former gottlieb goon who i guess i i say former gottlieb goon because i feel like when you and i'm gonna make him a real mvp for what he did with his coverage during the lockout. When you have one of each, you negate it and you just break even. So zero. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a normal human being now. So Bob Nightingale of all people brought bagels to people like to, he was feeding the people, feeding the fans waiting for a decision out in Jupiter up till like 3 a.m. reporting on it. I mean, my goodness gracious. So yeah, Bob Nightingale, uh, real MVP. But the Padres, uh, I think there was like an, uh, a video of a bunch of Padres players trying to get on top of a golf cart out in Arizona. And the golf cart almost like flipped over, which is so dumb to think about. Because you guys are fueling the memes right now. Especially because it's a golf cart. What is the number one insult to teams... That don't make the playoffs. They're going to be going golfing by October. So why why, why would you do this? And of course, on a vehicle, and your star player got injured because he was riding a vehicle he probably shouldn't have been riding. Now, I don't believe that the Padres baked into his contract that he can't ride motorcycles, which was a mistake on their part because... I think most high-profile player contracts, when especially when they're like $300 million, have clauses saying you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go skydiving, you can't <laughs> base jump off of the Grand Canyon. Like, there, there, there are reasons for this, guys. But Well, I mean, let's to be fair to Tatis, we don't know in what fashion he got. It could have just been a standard accident. A guy could have been on a motorcycle and someone, you know, in San Diego but, just kind of cut him off. I mean, but, but it's a motorcycle. That's that's the number one thing. I mean, we motorcycles are inherently dangerous. You're a $300 million man. You are the linchpin of the Padres' success. And the Padres have a lot to answer for in 2022. I mean, you could, they were made fools of. Especially by the two teams in their division who own them historically in California, the Dodgers and the Giants. 
So, Especially by a certain 32-year-old attorney on a podcast who mm. had to start the season out right until they were crap. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. I'm just saying, uh, Gottlieb's goons, uh, yeah, he, he's a goon. Fernando Tatis Jr., man, you, you got you, you to gotta be smarter than that, my dude. I'm just saying. All right, uh, what else do we have here? I've been trying to mark goons and MVPs during the group chat so we can remember them. Uh, and oh, gosh, uh, let's see what else do we have. I'm just trying to go down here. Uh, d- uh, oh, well, a real MVP to Mike Tyson because uh, I, I sent you guys the in the group chat. He's he he's got a a lot of these athletes, especially in California or Colorado, have been cutting deals with uh, various weed and marijuana companies with their own wraps and flavors and whatnots. So <laughs> Mike Tyson came out with his own brand of edibles. Uh, let's see, what are they called? They're called Mike Bites. Tyson Mike Bites. And they are in the shape of ears. And it might specifically be Evander Holyfield's ear. <laughs> They have the exact little bit of chunk that he bit off of Holyfield. I feel bad for Holyfield because he's literally known for one thing. I wouldn't say that. No, no, no. no. Oh, no. No. He's known for whipping that Mike Tyson ass. Yeah. Causing Mike to bite him. Yeah, and that wasn't the first fight between them either, so. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. What was that? Was that fight number two, right? That was, that was number Hol- two. And yeah, Holyfield beat him in the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he couldn't deal with it. And the, I, I will do it to, to learn to go find Vander when yeah. the time comes. All right. I mean, we can. I'm sure he's a is, is he a Hall? he's a Hall of Famer of some sort, right? Uh, the real deal, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Well, well, let's talk about Vander Holyfield. We're here. Let's let's go. Uh, let's, all right. So Vander see. Holyfield, basically, as Andrew said, for our generation, might be most notable and known for having his ear bitten off. Everybody but, knew about get, that. Yeah, you don't get your ear bitten off just because, you know, the guy you're fighting is a thug. You get your ear bitten off because you're beating the holy hell out of that opponent (laughs) that he's frustrating so much that he had to take some measures. I remember watching that fight in, like, 1996 on scrambled cable television when I was living in New York. So, Wikipedia form of Evander Holyfield. The real deal. um, We're going to have a highlight video in the background of this. Yeah, hmm. four-time World Heavyweight Champion, unified the WBA, WBC, IBF titles. Boxing has a lot of uh, championships, a lot of champion committees. It makes it confusing. But, you know, World Boxing Association, International Boxing Federation, World Boxing Committee or competitions. Um, Heavyweight, light heavyweight, cruiserweight, which is like in the weird in between them. Born in Alabama. Uh, He's 59 years old at this time. His boxing record is 57 total fights, 44 wins. Um, 10 losses. I think he tried to box until a very long period of his life, um, if memory serves me correctly, just how, like a lot of other good boxers do. But the first time they met in 1996, I'm just reading, like I said, this is from Wikipedia yeah. because I am not on the spot with my boxing like I used to be. But we go from there, and he took out Tyson then, and then came the ear bite June 20th, 1997. Um, went against Lennox Lewis a couple times. Lennox Lewis, you talk about honorary boxer, that guy could go, but he wasn't as flashy and goey as some of the other predecessors of his peoples of the heavyweight division, everything there. Um, suspended, came back in 2006, fully out retired. Just amazing to see. Power hitter can box you, class you out. There's more that Francisco probably go on, but I'm just going from the standard Wikipedia. Yeah, they're showing his fight versus Mike right now. 
So the first and one. And what right I there, tell yeah. people is, you can always rewatch wrestling. You can also always rewatch boxing, not just the highlights. But there's some finessing going on. That man can hit you. His son's Elijah Holyfield, a Georgia Bulldog, I believe. And I think he's on the Eagles now, but I'm not fully sure, certain. Mind you, there's a lot I can speak about Evander Holyfield, but y'all should know him. The real deal. We love it from mm. back in the day. Also, just love playing him in Fight Night. God, I can use one of those gifts. Just look at that man. Would you let that man hit you? <laughs> no. Would you let that man hit you? That man frustrated Mike Tyson. Let I mean, granted, Buster Douglas also clocked out Mike Tyson back in the day. <laughs> um, but that's also who Vander beat to kind of get his titles going out of the way when he was starting out. But no, no, those gloves are red to hide all the blood he spilled. I'm telling that right now. Yeah. Have you ever seen Mike Tyson knockouts? I, I yeah, I told you about the. Uh, oh. I, I was just watching videos of of Mike Tyson's knock. Yeah, he was. Dear Lord, I mean, there's a reason Fast. why he, there's a reason why he was the final boss in the video game. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not the punches that scare me; it's how fast yeah. he can move to hit you. Like it is inhuman. It yeah. is inhuman, and then somehow to bring back Vander Holyfield messed that. Man. Yeah, <laughs> what does that say? Oh man, so. Yeah, this is good. Let's haul y'all. This is a nice little. Yeah, this this is a nice little. Let's haul y'all here. I'm I'm glad we went down this this rabbit hole real quick. It was unplanned too. Oh, this is great. Um, yeah, watching old heavyweight champions box, just watching their highlights is amazing. So if you just anybody, you just seeing the it, form, everything. It's also not the same because there you have a new generation of boxing. The heavyweight division's dead, essentially, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So if you really want to enjoy modern day boxing, it'll have to be the featherweights or the middleweights, the welterweights. I forgot who was the one that we had on here talking about boxing. It wasn't our friend Psycho Bacon. That's how I remember his Twitter handle and his um his PlayStation Network. But it was another guy that we had on there that was a little bit of a uh, combat sports connoisseur and. He was spoke a little bit about it, but the heavyweight thing has been dead for a bit. The Klitschko's effectively ended it for being just so dominating in that division for like 10, 15 years. Mm. Um, but if you wanted some high-end knockouts, watch some old fights. Watch some old fights, man. Watch some Lennox Lewis's. Watch some Vedder Holyfields. Watch some George Foreman's. Watch some Muhammad Ali's. Watch some Mike Tyson's. It's just damn good stuff. And if you want to watch modern-day you know, boxing, we always like – a lot of what's going on in the middle middleweights and the welterweights and then you know you have canelo alvarez probably i think listed pound for pound him and triple g are trying to set up i don't know if i need that fight now it's been stalled for so long that number three doesn't matter because if triple g wins that means like oh well then you know canelo may not be the best but triple g losing be like well you know they delayed so much meeting them the first time of course him at 40 41 can't do it anymore i hate this i want to watch that fight again all right so well, I think we can call it here. We're almost at the half. Yeah, we're basically at the half point. So let's let's do it. So it's it's a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you, that we have been enjoying over the last week, guys. I do want to preface this before we start. I did take up Charles's non-sponsor from last week. I saw the Batman. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, very much so. Uh, I'm I'm woo. Man, I think I enjoyed it a little too much, Charles. A little too much. Goofs, goofing goofs. Yeah. We, we learned it from our non-sponsors. It was beautiful. Uh, it's a great movie. Go go watch it, folks. Go watch it in some way, shape, or form. But yeah. Uh, and, and be prepared. It, 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 it's, a, it's a while. But you know what? It was long, but it didn't feel 
I felt like I there wasn't like this downtime. Yeah, because I don't know if anybody saw La La Land. No, <laughs> I did. I was not expecting that movie to last three hours. That's for sure because it started like when I thought the movie's like oh it should be ending soon, right? No, it wasn't ending anytime soon. Music's fantastic. I love you know, I like the music, but. <sighs> Uh, there was a sequence there. It was like, did we really have to go through that? Do we have to go through a dream sequence, really? Uh, it's a musical. I get it, but still. Anyways, who wants to go first? I- I've been going the last two weeks of thing going first, so. Anybody? I can go first. All right. All right. So, fellas, there's people in this world, they get to have many delicacies. Many delicacies. They're getting, you know, beer or whiskey out in Ireland, food in Portugal, living their best life. But for me, sometimes living my best life is trying a food place that I know about that I haven't had in quite some time, like two years and change to be sort of it. And then you pleasantly reminded like, damn, it's actually pretty good. Damn, we should bring this into the rotation. My mother got for Christmas gift cards to the Outback Steakhouse. She can't go there because she's allergic to a lot of something making. She's like, oh, you want this? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take a free lunch. 35 bucks. Hell yeah. So I went last Wednesday. And in the words of Crocodile Dundee, you know, crikey. Because I forgot how good that was. I remember the last meal I had there two and a half years ago was a the fried chicken, which is very tasty. But that's not what I came into it. So I was like, I had a, a hankering for some food. And I, I don't think I've ever had their steak before. I'm a steak kind of guy. How do you take your steak? I do it rare, probably like Crocodile Dundee did. And I was like, all right, we're, we've got some, you know, gift cards. We can get some appetizers. Got the blooming onions. Whew, delicious. It's so good that you should know you should stop, but you're not going to stop. And then I got their, uh, their typical sirloin, so six ounce rare with a vegetable medley and rice. And buddies, I got to tell you, that's a damn good steak. Had a little bit of a crackle to it. I don't know if they use a kind of pepper, but it's sealed in the heat, which there's nothing worse than steak that is rare that does not seal in the heat because then you just have some rubber shoes that you're eating. And one day you boys will join me on rare meat if you have not had it before. I'm not talking about the rare meat diet. I'm just saying rare steak when you go out. But I know it feels funny because we were just literally you know, speaking to Andrew about commercialization and franchise chains, but there's a reason why they're franchise chains because there is a modicum of success that came into it. I, I like their Arnold Palmer that they had. I like the thing. It was very affordable. The total came out to like 40 something. And then with the gift card, it was only like 12 bucks. So you tip the waitress the same amount of what's left over. So she got a good tip it from there. But that Bloomin' Onion, that Outback's off, that, that I think it's a pepper seasoning on my steak. I'm ready. I'm going to go back to it. And I know what you guys might say, Charles, 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 Outback? What are we going to go to Outback for? Well, everything is like deep fried there too. So just hear me out. If you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to aspire to the, I'm not here for a long time, just a good time way of logic of food. You got the blooming onions deep fried. You got the shrimp that's deep fried. You I've got, I've got the steaks up right now on the video version of the yeah, podcast. The steaks are not deep fried, but I bet they would try. They have baked potatoes in there. They have the the um the shrimp, not the shrimp, the chicken that's really good that they kind of deep fried it with the sauce on there. They got some healthier things. I don't care about healthy to a degree. Like I have Wendy's coming into this. So you think outside is pretty inside. I, I probably have to go see a doctor. But when it comes to food, I ain't taking my stomach with me when I die. So 
highly recommend going back to the Outback. And you know, there's certain things in life that you revisit that you say, maybe I should have given this more of an opportunity. So for you people in Portugal, have your meals. For you people in Ireland, have your meals. For you people in Miami, have your meals. But you people in like local places like me, Martin County, you know, that kind of Treasure Coast area, have your Outback. You're in the River County, have your Outback because crikey, it can kind of be affordable and damn good and damn delicious. So that's my non-sponsor promo code. Would it be long? I just say crikey, I'm gonna go crikey again. I'm like crikey. There mm. you go. <laughs> oh, you, should have, you, you should have said stingrays. <laughs> no, I'm respectful. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go second here. Um, it's kind of an odd non-sponsor, but spring cleaning. Okay, the general concept of spring cleaning. And let me explain why. Hey, so yeah, we, we people, places, concepts, what have you? Spring cleaning. Okay, right. sure. So, it's a philosophical concept. Why is I was going through some old boxes of mine, just you know, after the bar and everything, I decided to fresh start clean my room because it got a mess uh you know neglecting certain things while uh studying for the bar so i was trying to get some normalcy back and one of the things i decided to do was to go through like i said go through some old boxes see what i could get rid of some of the stuff i found was i was surprised it was still there um, I was finding homework assignments that I did back in the third grade. Oh, okay. So you're a hoarder. That's exactly where I'm coming from. This. Oh, no. It. I mean, yes, sure, but it, it was cool, kind of getting that you know flashback. You know, kind of revisiting you know old things. You know, I found my high school yearbook somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I just, I found the whole thing cool. Just being able to kind of revisit, uh, my old life, I guess. Um, what, what know, was, so what was the, you, you found, I guess, buried memorable sentimental treasures. What was the most impactful one that you found? Ooh. Like, what was the one that was like, oh, whoa, I forgot about this, or wow, I haven't seen this in forever. I'm so um, glad I found this, you know? A good question. Um, Here's that Orlando Rays baseball bat Francisco got me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I have that one in safekeeping, yeah. so. All right. Um, Still can't find any merchandise for them. I'm surprised that uh, like Lids doesn't have a series of stuff. I don't know. Maybe one day they'll have a minor league series. Uh gosh, that's that's a good one. I I have different reasons for why I was I liked some of it, but I guess if I had to choose one, uh Probably an assignment I did on Harriet Beecher Stowe back in fourth grade. Um, and I know that sounds odd, but 
was seeing, you know, how much my writing has progressed since then. I know that's kind of stupid, but it's, it's kind of a little link to the past because, you know, all the time I think, oh, man, I've you know, lost that golden touch. You know, I was the smart kid and stuff and going through law school and stuff really just kind of beats you down. Yep. Um, but just to kind of see, yeah, you, you, you kind of, you haven't lost too much, uh, of yourself in all of this hell. Hmm. Um, I mean, seeing the high school yearbook was fun because I got to see myself when I was on the swim team and I was actually in shape. So that gives me a little bit of a motivation to, you know, get on the weight loss thing again to see, Hey, I actually looked good at one point in my life. Um, but yeah, that, that, that writing assignment I did, uh, probably was probably the most memorable for me. Uh, yeah. So spring cleaning, I, I highly recommend it. Um, if anything, just to see what kind of old treasures you'll, uh, you'll find, uh, promo code Harriet Beecher Stowe. <laughs> With the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get anything. Uh, Andrew, if you if you put in the code with the question mark, Andrew will come over and clean your house. <laughs> and then redo his uh, thing on Harriet Beecher Stowe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, mine is pretty simple this time, guys. But it's something that I've been... Man, I've been oof, enjoying this way too much. Uh, but... So, this confounded diet. Uh, I'm, I'm teetering 180, 179 now, Charles, and everybody yeah. else out there. So, it, look, I, I'm fighting it. It's, it's going down. Once I actually get, I mean, to you're, you're you're in progress of the time frame that I made. Oh yeah, I, I am. I, I'm. I don't think I'll get to Taco Pass by the end of this month. But I, I, if I can find a way, once I finally get settled down with all this work that I'm getting at work, and I can, ha I get a handle on everything. Even though I got two more brief assignments that came in on me today, which is not going to help. Uh, <laughs> once I, I finally get a hold of that. I feel like I'll be good to go to finally get a regular exercise regimen once more. Lift again and all those other things. So that should really trim things down, especially because I haven't been doing this without exercising. So there there could be some a chance that that could really just kick things up a huge notch. But my, my, my non-sponsor is Sparkling Ice. So... Yeah. Sparkling ice, uh, flavored sparkling water. I love sparkling waters, guys. I got Soda Stream in my room. Room. I got the little spritzy uh, flavor liquid enhancers of all different kinds of flavors in my room as well. But uh, lately, I've been pairing. Uh, I've been kind of sick of getting plain sparkling water, so I'm like, man, 
just some of the flavored ones that you see out there, like uh, the Zephyr Hills ones or even the ones from Perrier, they have flavoring to them, but it's a very mild flavoring. It's it's it, 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 some of sometimes it tastes like, you know, when you when you wash out a Gatorade bottle and you fill it back up with water and you have that aftertaste that's still on there. It's pretty nasty, yeah. right? Sometimes sometimes those sparkling waters taste pretty nasty, but not this one. Sparkling ice. I love what these guys are doing. Uh, they, they sell them at Publix. That's where I'm getting them by the bottle. And, and they're pretty cheap. They're usually like five, like a dollar each. You can get like five for five bucks if you want to. So they're, they're pretty cheap. Uh, bottled water, sparkling water. Uh, they have canned caffeine versions. I, I'm not all about that. I can't be drinking caffeine. Uh, my heart's going to explode. But I, I like the, the let's see, is this, this classics here? Uh, here you go, the classic flavoring they got different kinds of flavors so uh and i haven't seen all these at the store but i've seen most of these the black cherry uh i'm not a massive fan of cherry in general so i I don't really go towards that fruit punch is all right pomegranate blueberry is fine black raspberry is not bad either Uh, once again not trying cherry limeade i've seen the strawberry watermelon but uh, i'm not a big fan of watermelon either uh yeah i'm i'm just saying I'm just saying, watermelons, I need something a little more sweet than watermelon, guys. Uh, strawberry lemonade, I haven't tried that. I haven't seen it, actually. Kiwi strawberry, it's fine. Kiwi strawberry is not too bad. Uh, a gra- a grapefruit is, is a nasty fruit, and I don't know why people eat it. Uh, peach nectarine is probably the second best flavor of this line. Orange mango is probably the third best player, the, the flavor here. Coconut pineapple is the real MVP of this entire lineup. Because, man, that thing is so good. I'm not really much of a fan of coconut on its own, nor pineapple on its own, unless it's in frozen form. But you combine those things together and make it in the sparkling water, and suddenly I am a massive fan. I don't know how they did it. It's a miracle, but it's beautiful. I haven't seen the classic lemonade. I, I haven't seen ginger lime. Coconut limeade, I haven't seen that either. And I haven't seen lemon lime. I actually want to try this. Maybe it, it might be a healthier version of Sprite in some sort of way. But the coconut pineapple is fantastic. I, 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 they put two things that I generally don't really like and made it good. So I, that, how can they not be my non-sponsor if they were able to pull off that miracle? Sheesh, it's almost like, imagine if somebody made a movie that was kind of like combining The Sandlot with some of these other movies that I haven't seen and making it into a movie I wanted to see. But look at that. They, they finally did it. In, in sort the Sandlot of a, is your, your uh, coconut pineapple, Francisco. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I'll see how I feel. I'll see how I feel. I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, coconut pineapple is the best flavor. Uh, so, yeah, sparkling ice, get it. It's cheap. It's it's good. It'll fill you up and, and you know, just leave you wanting more at the same time. But I, I'm really satisfied with this, guys. I get it. Man, when I go to Publix, and sometimes people make, like, there, there are days where they don't have the coconut pineapple, and I, I'm sad, and I'll, I'll have to go to my number two, which is peach nectarine, which is, which is fine. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good one too. But if I see coconut pineapple and they have that five for five deal, I get five of those and I hoard them so nobody else can buy them. And uh, yeah, if you, if you're going, if you are particularly going to the Publix in Doral and you're looking for coconut pineapple and it's not there, it's because I bought them all. <laughs> uh, okay, Tony Khan over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
A promo code hatred. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I would not expect or anticipate how that becomes the hatred, Mike. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, they combined two things I don't really like and made it good. So, yeah, hatred. You can um, use fusion. Nah. You know, you can use nice surprise. Nah. Nah, nah. Okay. All right. So that's that's it for non-sponsors. We're done with that. Oh, man. Where do we go from here? So we talked about baseball. Well, I have a question. I know how to transition this. Ooh, okay. Because Andrew mentioned something in his, um, in his non-sponsor. So I feel this is perfect for the weekly alternate ego Andrew or alter ego Andrew that we've created. Like back, what's the, how do you say the backward names of Andrew? Rudre or something like that. I'll figure it out. Or Bizarro, Bizarro Andrew. Bizarro Andrew. Okay, so we'll just call him Bizarro Andrew for the time being. Or neighbors. Do you think Bizarro Andrew wears a speedo when he goes to the beach? Because now, now this is just it. Not only is he just great pouponing it. Not only is he saying, "Oh, you don't have Pepsi Snearway." Not only is he saying, "Oat crackling bad honey bunches of oats is his favorite." But now we're saying full out speedo. Bizarro Andrew likes the second baseman. It likes the the man on second starting the extra innings. That's Bizarro Andrew. I feel Bizarro like. Andrew. Yeah, yeah. He he's the guy who has the extra. Uh, you know, um, Bizarro Andrew doesn't mind that the, the home, is visible. Bizarro Andrew doesn't mind that the home team's name isn't on the home jerseys uh, when they're playing at home, and instead it's the city name. Sacrilegious. Yeah, Bizarro Andrew uh, doesn't want. Uh, NHL teams to wear white at home. <laughs> hey, we, we've made a meme basically in a podcast form of it. This is what happens when you got Andrew. We missed you when we had a career. I'm taking idea. Andrew's uh, sports pet peeves and flipping them. I feel like that's Bizarro Andrew. It's the Bizarro Andrew is okay with um, being called the Central Florida University or whatever it is that he hates. Yeah, the University of Central Florida or Central Florida, right? It's when they instead of saying UCF. That that's the rule. Bizarro Andrew doesn't consider 2017 to be a real national championship. <laughs> he, he's just happy to have the record. He believes the hardware what matters most. This man's dead ass silent, fuming and rage. Oh, uh, he's gonna get me when we play <laughs> when when we play MLB 22 the show. When that pops down, he's gonna be like, "Oh, it's gonna be 20 to nothing, Francisco." <laughs> he's been winning. Like he he's good. Uh, we were playing home run derby. I suck at home run. I suck at everything actually with MLP twenty one. This show, get good. It's son. not even the lag or the latency. It's just like I'm not good. <laughs> but Andrew's a superstar in that man. Uh, well, you at least you compete. Yeah, you're hitting five hundred foot bombs. I haven't even hit a five hundred foot home run. In Alternate ego. Yet. Andrew wears his baseball gloves when he's playing the show against Francisco, against Bizarro Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> that one got him chuckling. <laughs> well, I, well, to answer your your earlier question, not only do I not wear speedos to the beach, I always wear a t shirt. Which, well, bizarro, Andrew doesn't remember. It's the antithesis I wear of swim- things we know that you do. I wear the long sleeve swim shirts. I like those. Those are nice and comfortable. I'm not going to speak at all about what I do on the beach because I feel like we're going to be heavily judged here. Mm. Vanity, vanity is a sin and also an obsession, boys. I'm also going to try to go to the beach this week and take it off Thursday and Friday because I'm capped out PTO. And you know it's going to rain because it always rains every time I go. 
But I hate going shirtless to the beach because I hate sunburn. I hate sunburn so much. I hate sunburn more than I hate Alex Cora. And that's a pretty I hate sunburn more than I hate Vince McMahon boys. And that's some deep rooted hatred for twenty plus years. Cause I either come out looking like actually like I have ethnic Latino in me, <laughs> or I look like Larry the Lobster, just as jacked mm. and just as red. Well, let me. I think we can kind of figure out something. Let me just go down the uh, the score crawl here on the bottom of the screen. So we got uh, the what wow, man? The Grizzlies are spanking the Pacers, eighty-one to fifty-one right now. Dear Lord. Poor Brandon. How must it feel to be covering a team that's in like not at its death, but soon to be done? Miles right? Turner made a Lego Titanic. I don't know if anybody saw that. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's he's on that Lego grind right now. He's, he's, I think he was uh, he's part of that that culture right there. Is it tough to figure out that these are young men at like twenty three, twenty five? Mm. If they've been around the league for so long already, it feels like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're drafted at eighteen, nineteen, or whatever, and then yeah, they're they're in the league for like ten years. It's like oh, they're only twenty six. I'm like what? Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are spanking the Orlando Magic, eighty six to fifty eight right now. Uh, the Pistons are beating the Heat 45 to 40. Yeah, I know. It's uh, uh, that loss to Minnesota. Uh, the Suns are beating the Pelicans 26 25 right now. So, I, oh, yeah, let me talk about my experience. Uh, we're in the end. Yeah, yeah. You, you jinxed us. That's, Please. Uh, well, uh, sorry, guys. You want to rub it in thy face? So, last week. Uh, was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. So it was the day after the show last week. My, my boss was in town from Los Angeles, and nice day of work. And he surprised me, be like, "Hey, let's go! I bought tickets to the Miami Heat game. I'm taking you." I'm like, "Oh, cool!" So we go. So I drive because you know why not? I mean, it'd be nice. He bought the tickets. I might as well drive and park in in that nightmare over there. Uh, I park like a few blocks away because I'm not parking anywhere near the arena. Uh, uh, FTX Arena, not American Airlines Arena, is a nightmare to park at. But uh, we're going up and we're trying to enter the building, and they're like, "Oh no, you can't go through here. You got to go through gate whatever." I'm like, "What? I've never heard of that." So like gate whatever. So we go down to gate whatever, and it's like you know, like in its own little entrance. I'm like, "Wait, what's going on here? This this looks like a place." None of these people look poor here, <laughs> you know. And uh, we go, and it's it's li- like courtside seats, not courtside courtside. The 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 the, the row behind courtside, but it was on the court because uh, the court was right on my feet. I was touching actual hardwood floors there, so uh, right behind the, or, or yeah, behind basically the the Phoenix Suns bench. And this is probably one of the best seats I've ever had at a sporting event, guys. Uh, behind when I sat behind the bench in the owner's seat of the Panthers game, so it's it's those two right there. And yeah, uh, best seats I ever had at a sporting event. Uh, uh, I got to thank oh that, he should be my non-sponsor as well, my boss for 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 giving me uh, inviting me to to the game. Uh, you could see me in the highlights of that game as well. I, I wore my red retro Alonzo Morning jersey. Uh, you, I, I'm a few pixels. You can you can make me out at the very least. I have to wear a mask because we were near the players, so we had to wear masks. 
and I was wearing my black and red Florida Panthers hat as well. I got to rep the, the cats in South Florida. Yeah. All around. Yeah. And so uh, we were sitting there, of course, and uh, the two guys that were sitting next to us on my right were probably the two most hilarious people I've ever heard in my life. Because they were jawing at the Phoenix Suns bench all game. Diehard Heat fans, by the way, guys. Diehard Heat fans. But they were jawing with the with the with the Suns. And it was hilarious. Because they were everybody they were having a good time. The Suns were definitely having a good time, especially that second half of that game. But uh, the only the only thing that ruined the night, everybody, was my my future husband, Jimmy Butler, didn't play. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. So like, two things that are terrible when you go to the sporting event: the guy that you want to see or the guy that you want to see isn't playing, and your team loses. Yeah. There is no "we're just happy to be here" vibes here. You I, don't get to go to sporting events that often. Uh, I yeah, uh, we were driving. Where I put the radio on as we were making our way out to the game, and I'm hearing, "Hey, and Jimmy Butler like was questionable for tonight," and then it became. Oh, Jimmy Butler's out. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, guys. Sheesh, I, I put on my best cologne. Like, I, I was I was so ready to be near Jimmy. You got you your know? eyebrows done. Yeah. I, I got my job. I got my, got my hair did. Got my nails polished. Like, everything is ready to go. Hair. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> 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 so I was ready to be near Jimmy. And he wasn't there. So... Um, that was unfortunate. The game was good up to the first half. The Heat were already down like two points or something like that. It was like 55 to 53 or something like that. Uh, and they were pretty uh, dominant in that first quarter. Then Phoenix made their way like the last five minutes of that second quarter. But, man, that, that third quarter was – I didn't realize the Suns were really good at defense. <laughs> uh, I, I, I haven't really been watching the Suns. Uh, I've been following Charles's lead that they're frauds, and I mean, listen, number one record don't mean nothing. So they are the number one team in the NBA, and they definitely showed it that night. But I, I have to say, the seats were incredible. Watching a game uh, in the NBA, man, those guys are massive because they walk right Very by you. Like the, 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 I was right next to the the tunnel that leads into their locker room, and the, those guys are huge. <laughs> I'm Especially such DeAndre Aiden, man. Yeah, De- DeAndre Ayton was there. Ayton, uh, I-, I like him. Um, and they're just they're just huge dudes. Uh, James did Jones. You... I saw James Jones. He was there. Um, did you talk smack to Devin Booker? Please tell me you talk smack. <laughs> you know I wouldn't. I, if if he had invited you, Charles, I would have loved to have seen that. Oh man, I would. I would have, I would have uh, Book uh, started the game off pretty slow, but then he was able to get some his points. I think he got twenty points in that game by the end of it. But man, that second half, it it was garbage time of the fourth quarter. They didn't call up um, uh, an obstruction or interference penalty or uh, foul on Javale McGee when he grabbed. Kyle Lowry's leg when they got tossed up and nobody saw it. It wasn't on the cameras, but I was visibly upset yelling at the refs. <laughs> you didn't see it on the screen. I wish the camera had panned over because you would have seen me just absolutely livid at the refs. My boss was laughing at me. I'm like, yeah, what the hell, guys? Look at him. Like, oh, man. Oh, I wish this was hockey. 
uh, Kyle Lowry would have at least punched him at the very least, or, or at least re- re- retro NBA pre-Malice at the Palace. I want some of that back. I mean, JaVale McGee is a very big man, and Kyle Lowry is a very tiny man. I so understand want, that. But we, want, we need uh, Dwayne Dedman to be like, I got my boy. Yeah, and then that's did. a fair fight. Uh, Dwayne Dedman didn't have a great game. <laughs> Uh, but UD's back there. We got the muscle oh, he, back there. He, he has that. We have to keep him strong with Paris Alafas. <laughs> you gotta understand. He's season finale in case, fight. In case the Nuggets finally live up to actual potential to make the finals, really? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that's how we're doing this. Because the Suns are gonna listen get upset to the, the meme ability that we could profit. Be, okay, so hear me out real quick. If hypothetically speaking, it is the Heat and the Nuggets. You know what we have to do with the Paris of Sirlophorus shirt? We have to do an add-on of the Miami Heat logo of the ball in the sun thing. Oh, or, like you know, to make it into an asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just hear me out. Yeah. But we they're gonna have to license that off of us. <laughs> the monies. Oh man. Uh so so yeah, but great experience. Uh ten out of ten. Uh, I would I would recommend to everybody the seats were like a thousand bucks each, so I can't uh, I can't say I'll be back there anytime soon. But if if it was once in a lifetime, then so be it. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather was there, by the way, too. He was the only. Did you ask him why he didn't fight Pacquiao? Uh, he was prime? he was across he was across requested. the court. I couldn't get near him. You know, he was on the other side of the court. Just saying. I do believe he would have been Manny. I'm just saying it right now. I'm one of the few people. But I, you know, if you leave questions to your legacy, people aren't going to have enough of it. It's mm. just a damn shame. Uh, going on that, the NBA heater stone first place. So two games up in Milwaukee. Uh, right? Two games up in Milwaukee. Phillies behind them. Then four is Chicago. Boston is 41 and 28. Cleveland's 39 and 29. And then you had the play-in teams, Toronto, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Charlotte, although Brooklyn might be making a mad dash back to at least being the sixth seed because the Cavs have fallen off. Uh, I mean, they're 10 games above 500, but I don't know how long that is sustainable for them. And then the West, Phoenix, number one, then Memphis. And Golden State, Utah, Dallas, the Paris in Denver. And then you got the play-in teams, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, LOL, who are 10 games under 500 right now, and then the Pelicans. Uh, this, is this, is why, this is why the play-in doesn't work, just saying. Yeah. Yeah, well. So there's that. Uh, I, I do want the standings kind of remain where they are with the West because I would love to see the Clippers beat the Lakers in the play-in game that would be fun to see uh then we've got uh the boston celtics ray allen was invited back for the first time in a long time for kevin garnett's retirement ceremony and they hugged it out and it looks like the beef has been squashed but is it or is it just the pressure because the nba 75 i honestly think it was that i honestly think it was that i feel like kg saw i mean people saw the reaction he had uh not not giving dap to ray allen along with uh, paul pierce and it was such a nice experience i'm sure mj didn't go up to isaiah but those guys weren't teammates you know that that was that that was titles together that was true hatred but 
I think KG looks at looks at the situation with Scottie Pippen and MJ. Just think about it. Like he, he he's missing from there. He he didn't have any sort of reason to not be there. Tim Duncan wasn't there, but I'm sure Tim Duncan has a reason for not being there. You know, Tim Duncan's kind of a aloof type of individual, anyways. But well, here here can I can I defend Scotty for two seconds? All right, go ahead. He knows everybody from the '90s and leading to the 2000s that were fans of the Bulls weren't his fans. That they're frauds. That they didn't take you know they didn't appreciate him. So to hell with them. Uh, I respect that level of petty because where's the lie? But because it was always Michael first. Phil second, I don't know. Scotty third. I, I, yeah, I, I I understand that, but I don't know. I feel like he needs to be he needs to make peace with his his, his with his place in life. His place isn't even that bad. It's not bad As in life at all. Being one of the best combo shooting guard small forwards out there. Yeah, I mean, there are other players, top five, other players right? from different eras and different sports that have realized that hey, we're you know I'm not I'm not the number one guy here. You know, like, those those '90s Yankees teams, okay, an ensemble of of great players. But when you line them up, Mariano, Derek, Jorge, Andy, and Bernie, like we all know who's number one in Yankees fans' eyes. Well, it, it's it, it's an even two. It's an even two. I don't I don't think. Do you think it's an even two between Jeter and and Mariano? Absolutely. Really? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Even though with Jeter sell a 300 batting average in the playoffs, the thing is Mariano was there to close out everyone. I think the only things that he screwed up on was Marlins and Zona. Yeah. Because we have seen no, I, fantastic no, I don't think, teams. No, I don't think Mariano blew anything against the Marlins because I don't think even they even gave him a chance to close anything against the Marlins. But Again, uh, Game 7 of 01 yeah. is his only real blemish. And even then, the game yeah. was tied. It wasn't like he blew the save. It was just couldn't maintain the tie but also you know what the thing is to kind of make it merit to scotty is that what is a playoff hero you know we're, we're talking about the Aaron boom bomb her up her around the world that leads you to the world series people remember that i can't you can't recall any of what scotty did even though he foundationally built and established that team to get you to those six championship wins whereas we remember michael jordan's you know flu game so i get it yeah I understand. Okay. But Ray Allen and, and Kevin Garnett, the thing is that I that feel like beef, they, I feel like they buried the hatchet. I feel well, the that, beef that itself, was strong. The beef itself should always be with Danny Ainge because he was the one dangling Ray Allen like trade bait and, every and, season. And maybe with, they he was like, Oh, they don't they don't work with Rondo, so this gotta go. And if he left LeBron, of course he was gonna leave LeBron. He wanted to go out on top. And he yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's that, uh, but I'm glad it happened. Uh, NBA is is full of is really based on the personalities in the game, and it 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 did feel wrong that they were shunning Ray Allen of all people. I mean, like Ray Allen, like this is a hall hall of famer, or important to that big three. Like they don't do it without him, especially especially was his game four of, of of that finals that they finally won. Like mm-hmm. and he went off, so they they really don't do it without him, and because because I mean, 
you think about those guys, and okay, Rajon and, and Perk maybe uh, on the second tier there, and then you got Glenn Big Baby Davis who can't even get courtside seats, unlike me, you know. Poor <laughs> Big Baby. Yeah. Get the hell out of my chair. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so that's the NBA. That's where it stands right now. The league. It was. We're about. I think they've got like. I think we're like two weeks away from the season ending. So, yeah. I mean, there were sixteen games last week, yeah. so there's probably about ten games. Yeah, three. Games left yeah, out. three. Three weeks away. Let's say. Is Ben Simmons gonna play? Is he even going to touch that ball? I feel like at he, all leading to the playoffs. I, uh, I feel like because get... everybody was blowing up the whole return to Philly when Simmons wasn't even playing. It was a big old so, blowout. So like, let's y'all see. got y'all got your 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 panties in a bunch on that one. Remaining schedule for let's say uh, they got five games, and I feel like that's how many games he would actually play. Is like five games, five games in April. You have Atlanta. Houston, that's a definitely a hey, let's see how you do type of game. Yeah. New York, Cleveland, and then Indiana is their final game. So everything is a tryout game series. Yeah. Because the only one that you could possibly see there as a challenge would be Cleveland. Because right and they now might even link up in the play in. Because right now their their March schedule has some tough matchups. You got Dallas, you got Utah, Memphis, Miami, and Milwaukee. So uh, unless you want one game to see what he's made of, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bring him out against any of those teams. The only scrubs that you can have him against is Portland, Charlotte, and Detroit at the end of the month. So I feel like an Atlanta game or, or, or especially that Houston game would probably be it's it's at Barclays. Like that feels like a, a hey welcome back type of game. Mm-hmm. So that, but that's, he's got to get it in, it. man, because. The play-in series is too important to be trying to guide who's But, but I don't think they're going to play in the play-in series. I, 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 well, I are feel they seven like, or eight? I mean, unless they really like stumble against those teams that I mentioned that are actually good. Uh, but I feel like they, if they go a little bit above 500, they'll maybe catch you know the issue Unless the Cleveland play- goes off. But you're, we're forgetting a fundamental fact about the play-in, though. Mm-hmm. Kyrie. I don't know what games Kyrie's playing or not, so that's why I'm putting the factor of the play-in. Well, that's kind of the the whole thing where if it's Toronto and for some reason Brooklyn, let's say eight nine, there mm. could be a possibility that he doesn't play at all man. because he's not playing Canada for sure. So that's shit, man. <laughs> that would be funny. We're not going against personal opinions, but we've been attacking Kyrie a little bit, and this is the situation that was the problem that we talked about. Once again, I just see it as very funny. (laughs) I was an idiot. Uh, I just find it very funny. We Uh, we've talked about him for what three years. We we hearken to his dedication to using the thing as a platform, but damn it, do you feel that he could have used the platform better? Because hmm. this vaccine stance is now, look at what we just did. If you care about the team and this franchise and city, now you just got to ask me. There's plenty of people who don't have the billion-dollar jobs and that you have a contract that we're forced to get vaccinated, and we don't have third eyes. It's okay. Okay. So uh, that is pretty much any more NBA headlines because uh, I'm talking about nothing, hockey. Man. All right. So hockey. So uh, hockey scores right now. So Toronto is up two nothing on Dallas. Boo. Uh, Arizona is up five to three on Montreal. That is a tank bowl matchup right now between those two teams. Those are the two worst teams in the NHL. Uh, Anaheim and New York end of second. They're tied to two. 
the uh, the Rangers. I meant the Islanders are beating the Capitals two to one. The Predators are up one nothing versus Pittsburgh. Winnipeg is up two zero on Vegas, and the Bruins and Blackhawks are just starting their game in Chicago. And then later on tonight, we got Edmonton versus Detroit, New Jersey versus Vancouver, and Colorado versus Los Angeles. Uh, standings right now, uh, Atlantic Division, the Panthers are still first place, four points ahead of Tampa, and seven points ahead of Toronto, who continuously are embarrassing themselves, and their fan base is also embarrassing themselves. They played the Heritage Classic uh, over the weekend which is the outdoor game played in Canada every other year. Uh, it was played in Hamilton, Ontario this time, so outside of Toronto, uh, over at the CFL Stadium over there. And the Leafs got their ass handed to them by the Buffalo Sabres, which is really funny to see. I- I'm really happy about that. So the-, the-, the Leafs making a big, grandiose event uh, basically, the Tim Hortons Cup because Tim Horton actually played for both of those franchises uh, before he unfortunately died. And yeah, yeah, the Leafs got their ass handed to them. So it's it's always fun seeing Leafs fans suffer. I have a question: mm. Is Tim Horton the player also in relation to Tim Horton the food franchise? He started the company. Yes. I did not know that. Because mm-hmm. I, I know the memes where there's a lawyer in Canada and the judge's like, what should I do the sentencing? And the attorney's like, Judge Tim's? And they go to Tim Hortons. But I did not know that. Indeed. There you go. Uh, and, and uh, of course, you've watched Letter Kenny Charles. You, you got watch, watch some more hockey. You'll get some more of these references. Because I'm watching that show. I'm like on season three. I think I'm getting to season I, four. And I, I feel like I've learned so much just because of Riley and Jonesy. Yeah. Uh, you know what shell means? You know what? Mm-hmm. She, yeah. All right. Good. Ferda. Ferda. I know yeah. what uh, you know. Donnybrook is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I love the uh, the the hockey coach. Swiping Sally boys. I, I love their their hockey coach. He, who's oh coach yeah, yeah. Coach. my my dead wife barb <laughs> he's it's fucking a... embarrassing <laughs> your peasants and the oh. hockey players as well and the way they speak to each other oh shorty <laughs> all i gotta say about that <laughs> pussy <laughs> and then he moves on to the next guy boomtown and boomtown's like the one that's that actually speaks about real life <laughs> and his feelings um okay uh, uh, Metropolitan Division, Carolina is uh, first place, 87 points ahead of uh, Pittsburgh. They're six points up on, on the Pens. Uh, the Rangers are 79 points. And then you got the two wildcard teams. Boston's at 77 points and Washington's at 74. And this is basically the playoff teams at this point because there is a clear drop-off between the Caps and the next closest team, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Which is strange to see. Usually, there's a more parity in this league where it's like, okay, the 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 second wild card team is fighting for that spot, but it doesn't seem like it this season. It's 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 truly we have eight teams. We know who they are, and unless the Jackets go on a massive run with 22 games left, or the Caps fall apart, which would be fun to see uh, for me uh, from a geopolitical perspective, then yes. Yes, that'll be fun. But uh, it it seems like that's this. These are the teams. This is Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Carolina, Pittsburgh, New York, Boston, and Washington. 
and we'll see and the seeds well, we'll see we'll see who wins the divisions but it's looking like Carolina is going to take the Metro the way they're playing and the Panthers are hanging on for dear life to get those douches from Tampa to man why can't you just guys just suck again huh Andrew why can't you just suck you've won two already why do you need three all right <laughs> trying to be like the Oil- way, baby. trying to be like the Oilers and the Islanders Ugh. and the Habs <laughs> okay Western Conference the Avs are clearly the best team in the West like by far they're 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 the best team in the West and man if this isn't the year for them to win the Western Conference then I don't know when is because yikes they are good uh, their division they're they're way up on St. Louis with 76 points Minnesota's got 72 they're the third seed in their division Pacific you got Calgary in first place, the Los Angeles Kings have resurrected. They're in second place, five points behind them. And then the Edmonton Oilers are there. Uh, they're figuring out a way to 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 stay relevant and, and things like that. But there's always a possibility they could fall off because they are on that that teetering brink right there. Because uh, first wild card is Nashville. They got 72 points, kind of a small but all right cushion ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights who have 68 points. And as the aforementioned, um, I, I, I talked about Edmonton, uh, they're flip-flopping between the, the Golden Knights and them in that third seed. And then right behind there, there's no drop-off. You got the Dallas Stars who are a point behind those two teams of 68. They got 67 points. Vancouver is still in the running with 65 points. Winnipeg has 64. Anaheim's got 64. And... Really, that's that's probably it. The Sharks are one point above 500, but I don't see them competing for anything. Chicago is not a good team, and Arizona and Seattle are terrible. <laughs> and the Montreal Canadiens are the worst team in the league. They've got 40 points, so they always like seeing who's the worst team in the league. And that's, that's what's going on in hockey. We've got, uh, as far as uh, any other news... Uh, there are trades happening. We've got the trade deadline. Um, uh, the Let's see. Well, I'm trying to... The, the, I guess the big thing uh, for this season was... Because it, it, it ended uh, It ended today. Or no, it's ending on, on Monday. So at 3 o'clock. The, the big, big, big star that is out there is Claude Giroux of the Philadelphia Flyers. And there are very a lot of teams in the running to try and get him, feeling that he would put them over the top and it would give him at least one more shot at a Stanley Cup because he he had a shot in 2010 when they lost to Chicago. And he's now uh, on the other end of his career and this might be one of his last shots if he doesn't move to a actual good franchise. So the Panthers are in the running. I heard the Avalanche are also in the running. Yikes, I do, I, they don't need much more help. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what's going down. So next week we'll have actual concrete stuff with regards to the trade deadline. Um, I think the Panthers are looking for a little more help on defense. But having Giroux there to kind of put them over the top with the offense, because they have the best offense in the league, uh, maybe you can make up for the lack of defense and 
Still somewhat shaky goaltending, but Sergei Borowski has done better, but and Spencer Knight is is doing fine as as a rookie, and he's getting more work because we keep sending him down to the AHL uh, to get some work. But but uh, yeah, yeah, and then we'll see, we'll see. But next week I'll have more concrete stuff on the trade deadline when we have everything go down. Hmm. Anything else, guys? Before we move, before we move on hmm. to what I assume will be the cage, I wanted to add something in. Uh, the women's <clears throat> college hockey playoffs has begun. I just wanted to tell you the thoughts of our dear buddy BU. Uh, he gave me a little bit of the rundown of what's going on. I'm just going to quote him verbatim here. Uh, so the, the tournament expanded to 11 teams for some reason. Um, it's been well received because it created competitive matchups in the octo and quarterfinals with Syracuse pressuring Quinnipiac for half the game before the Bobcats finally pulled away. Clarkson and Wisconsin remaining close late in the game and two quarterfinals finals going to OT with number one OSU needing two overtimes to escape Quinnipiac. The main criticisms are, A, that the NBA, uh, NCAA only expanded to 11 rather than 12, forcing a rematch of the ECAC title game in the quarterfinals because Colgate and Yale were 4-5 and five overall. B, OSU's ice arena has been criticized for its use as a host site due to not having adequate facilities. In their oh. octo-final game... Wonder what, I wonder what that means with regards to adequate facilities. So I think it's it's the round before the quarterfinals. No, no, I, I was talking about like the adequate facilities of why what, Ohio State... Like, well, it says uh, Quinnipiac had to use a locker room in the academy. Uh, because okay. OSU only has two locker rooms. Okay. All right, so um, the building is not, yeah, okay. So I posed the question, why did they only expand to 11? And he said, because the NCAA basically hates running this tournament and always done the bare minimum. They hid behind expanding to 11 based on it being proportionally equal to the men's tournament, ignoring there's multiple teams adding men or women's programs in the near future. In any event, as for the fi- uh, Frozen Four itself, so they've reached to the final four, the Frozen Four. I've got the bracket it, up here. And is the case in most NCAA tournaments, for that matter. So uh, oh, let's. And, I've got the journey here. So Quinnipiac. Uh, should clarify that top four overall teams automatically host the games, as been the case in the past tournaments, and the cases most NCAA tournaments, for that matter, from the chat. So Quinnipiac beat Syracuse for nothing to move on to face Ohio State. Ohio State beat them four to three. So they they went to the Frozen Four. Yale beat Colgate two to one to get to the Frozen Four. Wisconsin beat Clarkson three to one. Then they went on to lose to Northeastern four to two. And then and so Northeastern went to the Frozen Four. And then Minnesota Duluth beat Harvard for nothing. And then, wow, ooh, they beat the Golden Gophers. Ooh, they must be salty out in uh, Minneapolis after that one. <laughs> so Duluth beat Minnesota 2-1. to one, And now they got the Frozen Four, Andrew. So Frozen Four, we've got OSU versus Yale and Northeastern versus Minnesota Duluth. 
if Northeastern takes down UMD, we're guaranteed to have a first-time champion since UMD is the only past winner left. Of course, all four past champions made the tournament only to end up on the same side of the bracket. So Minnesota and Clarkson were both knocked out by the other. Just to clarify, this is Minnesota Twin Cities, which is the Golden Gophers, not UMD, which is Minnesota Duluth, which is the Bulldogs, two different schools. Uh, Minnesota and Clarkson were both knocked out by the other two past winners, but Northeastern managed to exact revenge in the rematch of last year's title game to leave UMD as the last team standing from that group. I'd say OSU and Northeastern are favored to make the title game of the teams remaining. Northeastern is the most complete team remaining, in my opinion, and has also benefited greatly from COVID bonus eligibility to hang on to some of their best players. However, Ohio State did emerge as the winner from the WCHA, which is considered the best conference in women's hockey. And while they did need 2 OT to beat Quinnipiac, the Bobcats, that's Quinnipiac, were helped out by their grand tra uh, grad transfer goalie, Corinne Schroeder, standing on her head, which as a Boston University fan, that's not unexpected considering how often she bailed us out when she was here. I don't really know enough about UMD to say much about them, but they are kind of hit and miss and have been for the last few seasons, tending to finish in the middle of the WCHA. Yale seems to have gotten better despite taking last year off, but despite having mo the most teams in this year's tournament, the ECAC as a whole has been a clusterfuck. Yale did finish as the second best team in the regular season in the ACAC and ended up hosting the finals of the ECAC women's tournament after Harvard was eliminated in the quarterfinals, only to lose to Colgate, who then beat who they then beat this past Saturday. So shrug emoji. I like how you uh you you describe the shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he sent it. He, yeah, I know. I know. He I know. Sent yeah, the emoji. I, yeah. So that's the only way to 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 know that. But okay. Uh, has the men's tournament started? No. no According yeah, to him, the I conference tournaments are still running. Ah, I see. Um, Here we are. And I believe he said selection show is this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, BU, while we have. While we have you, do you have any kind of predictions of who's gonna make it as? Uh, so we got not some the automatic games qualifiers, here. but as the at larges. I'd be curious to get his opinion on yeah. that. So I'm, I'm just showing the scores here. Uh, man, how do you pronounce that, Rincelier? I, I don't know. I've never even. Well, let me see. I'm looking. Yeah, because uh, I got Colgate. Cor uh, Colgate beat Cornell two to one. Uh, uh, Rensselaer, Rensselaer. Okay, RIT, which I'm assuming is what Rhode Island Tech beats. Uh, yeah, one? Rhode Island. Uh, no, no, no. Rochester Institute of Technology. Rochester. Okay, so they're in New York. Okay, Rochester Tech. All right. I know my stuff, BU. I know my stuff, mm -hmm. I, and I pronounced that and said that before you wrote that for the record. So. You should have me try to butcher it. <laughs> well, you I'd be like, Rensselaer? <laughs> you know, say that five times fast, some kind of, like, demon comes out. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. What? We're at an hour 55. 
Well, before we go to the cage, I feel there's something we should talk about. What are we missing? Are I we... mean, it's going to be very brief, but it's the ultimate FU to all things. Oh, yeah. The huge uh, unretirement announcement. Forgot oh, about that. Yeah. I guess everybody else is talking about it. We might also chime in here. Uh, and I've had the word for non-sponsors thing up for like the entire time. What am I doing here? What am I doing, guys? Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Tom Brady's back. I mean, Love it. He, he never really left. No. I, I mean, but the memes that have come out of it have been funny. That's for sure. Exactly. So we're, we're going to head on over to Twitter once more. But yeah, yeah. Tom Brady is coming back to Andrew's beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been a Bucs fan. One more since... season, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> and they're going to run it back once more and see if he can get one more. But uh, the, the memes that have come out of it have been great because you know, the whole thing with Tom Brady and his kids and being a family man and all that stuff has kind of has kind of been great. Um and I like the memes here. Brady, after his kids accidentally changed the channel for the fifth time, him walking out. <laughs> Got Jalen Waddle being drafted here. Uh, Tom Brady spent two months with his wife and kids and said, fuck this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tom Brady met his kids and his wife for the first time and said, fuck that. <laughs> Tom Brady was home for three weeks with his kids and he was like, nope. Tom Brady spent two months with his children and decided he'd rather be hit by 300-pound linemen, and I think that tells me everything I need to know about having kids. <laughs> Tom Brady had enough of yelling, if Johnny had seven apples while helping his kid with math homework. <laughs> uh, I feel like Tom just didn't want to retire the same season Big Ben did because I do feel there's that ego to play. I I like this woman's perspective. I'm seeing a lot of Tom Brady was sick with his wife and kids tweets. Maybe Giselle saw him try out annoying new hobbies for three months while attempting to rediscover his life's purpose, and she told him to get his ass back on the football field. There you go. I I mean, I, I love the jokes, and obviously I'll never be able to read his mind, but... I wanted to give my, I don't know, accurate take, what I think is actually going on. Mm. Um, I think that, I think that the, if you go into the off season, you know that you're going back into it. So there's kind of that mindset that you're not really taking the time off. You know, let's say you get so you get to the playoffs. You're playing through January, February, March. When does uh, uh, summer camp? I guess when do OTAs, whatever the hell they call it, training camp around yeah, July, does, leading into August. So it starts July, February, March, April, May, June, July. So you have six months, and although in reality you really don't because you kind of have to keep yourself in some sort of shape um but i think with with tom if he's thinking i'm done so he has the clear mindset 
that I'm not going back to this. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like, um, kind of like Gus Malzahn. Um, when he was fired by Auburn last season or two seasons ago after the 2020 season, he said, you know, I'm done coaching for a while. You know, I'm going to spend a few years, you know, taking it easy, relaxing, you know, maybe do a television gig during the season, but I'm, I'm going to take it easy for once. I've been coaching nonstops for the past 20 years, but then it, kind of after taking, you know, a couple of months off, he gets that itch that, you know, maybe I'm not done yet. Um, so Brady takes those 30 days or what, 40, was it 44 days? Yeah, it was close to like two months, but more so, like four or five it's, weeks. It's like four or five weeks where his mind is truly clear for once in sense high school really um not even because you're playing non-stop for 30 plus years when you go all the way back to high school so finally he gets to take a break for 44 days and it kind of he he gets some sort of a clarity that i just needed some time legitimately off just to turn just to completely turn off tune out just relax. He gets those 44 days and he realizes I just needed a break for a little bit. I'm not done yet. Um, so I think, I think that's what happened to him. I think also the fact that he left without, you know, going out on top, I think that probably nagged at him a little bit, but I don't know. That's just by, interpretation his numbers were just fantastic last year where it's debatable that he could have been mvp instead of certain men who just got paid three years 150 million dollars guaranteed even though cooper cup was my mvp but if you're going to go out going on top and if his whole purpose of a contract was he signed like i think a two-year extension last year you go one more and that's fine because the talent is so there with everybody, not only did they tag Chris Godwin, they resigned Carlton Davis, Ali Marpet retired, but they got in Russell Gage, who was the leading receiver from the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't know what they're doing in Atlanta. Just just take Matt Ryan in the back and just, you know, yell at him if you just don't want to sign anybody for him. My God. But this is the striking position because there's really nobody I see that could be as dominant in the NFC. And I think a certain Twitter person said, oh, market the – you know, Buccaneers won't go to the playoffs, but they will go to the playoffs, Andrew, um, with Brady back into it. It's just such a good team, but go ahead and come back because his level of play at 45-46 was vastly superior than the other quarterback that he retired supposedly at the same season with Big Ben, who was a walking shell husk of a human being playing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like he, he also probably wanted that real retirement tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you get the presents and all that stuff. That's what he wants to. Let him get it. Yeah, let him announce, hey, this is truly my last year. So all the teams that I'm visiting, y'all can find your unique presents to give to me. You know? That, that's what let him wants. have his flowers. Yeah. Okay, guys. So that's the two-hour mark. So 
You know what that means. And oh, man, this this is gonna get. This feels like this is gonna be a bit of a bummer to start out. But uh, Charles, you, you are the master of of these ceremonies with regards to the cage. So let's head on over there. Hey yo. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Truplex the Cage with Charles. Remember, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It's a song and dance. It's about champions, you know, establishing their legacies, continuing the furtherance of their championships. It's about men and women being the holy hell out of each other, establishing their legacies, chasing titles, chasing championships, beating the holy crap out of each other. We can't orchestrate enough about that. It is a soap opera. It is a ballet. It is also very real. And very, 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 very humbling to a degree. And it is also, um, we hate Vince McMahon. You know, that's what always, that's our common core factor. But we, we love and we appreciate the people that are in there. So this is going to be a little bit of a different show, different segments. You guys don't need to worry about what's going on at AEW and WWE. And, you know, New Japan, New Japan Cup still going on. Um, third round qualifiers. I'll make my prediction now because I haven't done that a bit. It's going to be Zack Sabre who wins that one. Let's see what happens there. Impact, know that I'm watching Impact for all of you, so you don't have to. No, Impact's actually been pretty decent, but it's kind of tough. WWE building up to the road to WrestleMania. I am super, super, super ready for AJ Edge. Let, let's go into the harmony and the fun stuff, guys. Edge has changed his theme music, Andrew. No longer is You Think You Know Me, and then we get Metalingus by Alter Bridge kicking in. Um, you know, anything like that. He goes, dan, dan, dan. Now he is Mr. Blue Man with the light in the background. He turned heel a couple weeks ago with, you know, going doing the concerto. You're, you're five steps ahead, Francisco. Do that. Um, concerto on AJ Styles. That's the WrestleMania match that I care about. I only care about two matches right now. Now, I'm fully invested in maybe the stories for the other ones will develop, but I'm all for Brock and Roman if we're going to get that Hell in a Cell match, and I'm all for AJ Edge. And it feels like it's not going to be a one-time match. We're going to leave to SummerSlam. We're going to change the factors, but I've sent you guys some of the promos. I'm super excited for it. Sami Zayn's doing fantastic work. He's shooting with Johnny Knoxville, and we might even get an enjoyable match out of it. Some people hate WrestleMania because of the fact that there's no real wrestling and it. it's more sports entertainment, but it's been like that since the beginning of WrestleMania. Mr. T was on WrestleMania. You have the uh, actor who plays Zeus in um, Over the Top. Was it Over the Top? I think so. Hulk Hogan's movie in there. You have Muhammad Ali was a special guest surfer. You had Cindy Lauper. You have Jake Logan or Logan Paul or whatever those guys are. I don't care much about them. You had Mike Tyson in it. There's always some kind of big entertainment because this is WrestleMania, so you need to have that sports entertainment. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin maybe coming out to go against Kevin Owens. I'm for that. It's not going to be a match, so that's why I'm not highlighting it as something to be of pure greatness, but Owens is kind of doing some of his best work, and he also kind of lifted on a very, very heavy day, but wrestling's been tough on the cage. The cage is structurally weak because let's start with last Friday. We know we talk about wrestling is real, right? And you know how people say, oh, it's all fake. What would you say about a man who's almost 300 pounds landing straight on his neck, on his head? Because that's what happened Friday to our boy Big E. Not Big E, not, not Mr. Power Positivity, Charles, that you love so much, who has his theme song by Wale, the former WWE champion, who didn't get a fair run into it, multi-time tag champion, your know, longest record-breaking with the new day for the tag teams, former Intercontinental champion. Not that Big E, who's also NXT champion. Yeah, that Big E. 
He had a match with Ridge Holland with the debuting Pete Dunne, who's now renamed as Butch. I'm not, so I'm not much. showing it on the video version of the show. Because, yeah, it's kind of rough. Yeah. It is. It's not squeak. I don't know. I, I, I see like photographs that people cut up. So what do I know? But yeah, it's know. pretty, pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I hate Vince McMahon because Pete Dunne, who we love, he's over in NXT. He gets called up to the main roster and they renamed him Butch. So he's teamed up with Rich Holland and Sheamus. So I think Vince watched an episode of Peaky Blinders. He looked at Rich Holland. He's like, huh? He looks at Sheamus. He's like, huh? And he sees Pete Dunne. He's like, you're British. He's like, yes, I'm British. He's like, where are you from? Liverpool or whatever. I don't know where Pete Dunne's from. Sorry, Pete Dunne. And he just goes and says, you know, you remember me? I was in your Survivor Series match against Adam Cole, baby, for the NXT Championship. And Vince's like, no. But I've seen an episode of Peaky Blinders. And I can see Vince pointing at Pete Dunne going, your name is Butch. And he's like, but oh, my name is Vidal. Your name is Butch, and you like it. And then he just has to accept it because he signed that contract. So in this match, it's Big E teaming up with everybody, and it's against Rich Holland. So they're on the outside, and Rich Holland does a belly-to-belly overflip on him, and Big E doesn't land on his back. He lands straight on his noggin. So here's the thing about power moves. Power moves are fantastic when it's someone who's like 300 pounds, like Rich Holland, that's lifting someone who's like my weight at like 154. Maybe 155 out there eating that Wendy's, right? <laughs> but when Big E is like 300 pounds, gravity is a bitch. Gravity is a pain. And then the body, you could be powerlifting it. I could deadlift 300. I've done it. I can't lift 300 pounds over my head. I'm going to get hurt. The person behind me is going to get hurt. And unfortunately for Big E, he got hurt. And I'm not going to try to blame Rich Holland. There's a lot of people who is blaming Rich Holland. It's not a move that necessarily I think a lot of people could pull off. Um, It's just one of those things where we need to question whoever's producing the matches if there's a comfort level about belly and belly somebody over the head when they're 300 pounds being lifted over versus someone who's my weight. So because neck injury is devastating. Yes, you have some people that have, for every Stone Cold Steve Austin who got a neck injury, came back and did it, there's a Darren Drawsoff, who for Draws, who's also known as Puke, um, was broke his neck and became quadriplegic because of running powerbomb from D'Lo Brown. And that was just it. And Stone Cold Steve Austin broke his neck by Owen Hart and, you know, doing the sitting down pile driver that really busted it up. It's risky. It's dangerous. Could have been avoided. Sure. It's not on Ridge Holland's fault at all, but really maybe we have to kind of eliminate some logic in here. Unless you're like Brock Lesnar, I think could lift, you know, Atlas over his body. Um, so there's that. And then we're going to, we're going to hit some of the sound stuff, right? We're ready for this. We have to ready for this. Cause you know, you got to get a up. So you heard me say, Hey, yo, what does that mean? For anybody who watched wrestling, who watched WCW, Hey, yo, is Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. So Razor Ramon's dead. Scott Hall's dead. That's how I'm going to open this up. He had surgery on his hip, I believe. There came some blood clots. He had triple heart attacks and then was on life support. They took him off life support and he died like yesterday. Who knows when he got, when he died, but they had confirmation that he died. Um, So they, it's kind of like a spur in the moment thing. So I'm just going to give the highlights. I don't know how to approach it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the Brody death, but the Brody definitely like came something, but I had like four days to prep out and we know I was a mess, but I'm just going to talk to you about what I remember and what made me a fan of Scott Hall and Razor Ramon. So 
coming into it, I can give you the whole Wikipedia thing, but I'm sure you're going to get that everywhere. You're going to get it from ESPN, which even promoted it. So that's some big stuff, right? Um, you go on Wrestling Inc. and Wrestle News and all that other stuff to kind of find out. But he comes in as Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, normal white looking guy, right? Razor Ramon, this Miami uh, Latino Cubano coming in here with the axe. And I think I sent you guys his first initial promo. Don't you know about Reza Ramon? Good dreams, good chica, stuff like that with the two fix. Man is the pure definition of swag. Um, so when we thought about swag, it's not just a bounty from a pirate. It was something that was coined in a cool phrase like with the late 2000s, right, guys? You know, charisma, personality. That man oozed it just coming in and his appearance. You know, fly chains, greasy hair, the toothpick, the bad guy, the seminal bad guy, walking in with his arms raised out, really just machismo and cool. And it was awesome, man. Like anybody, who, like if Mr. Perfect had the gun swap when he spat it out and swiped it, Kurt Enning, it's got all had the toothpick and he flick it at you. Everybody loved him. And the, the Twitter memes have been hysterical. The Twitter posts have been hysterical about him. It's like, it's, he's the non-Latino, that really Latino, accept him into the culture, just what he was based off of. But it really kind of hit into it. He had, I think Scott Hall had one of the coolest finishers I've ever seen, which is the razor's edge. So it's a crucifix bomb. So he power he gets you in the power bomb position, but instead of just having his head between your legs and slamming you down, he arcs you on his back like a cross and just slams you down. So he was Razor Ramon, four-time Intercontinental Champion, had the first ladder match at WrestleMania 10 against Shawn Michaels, which made both their careers. I was trying to watch that last night, but then I was watching Owen Hart and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10, and that was just so fantastic that, you know, you know, I had to do it. Plus, also, there was the hour and a half dilemma of buying an OLED television. That's how we'll end the show in my conversation. But look at this man. He, he, he looked the type of what a world champion should be. And ironically, he never was a world champion. He was an intercontinental champion in WCW. He was also a U.S. champion, television champion, but never got the main title out of it. But he had some fantastic matches when he was in the WWF against the 123 kid who is Xbox 6, whatever they call him now, Sean Waltman, HBK. Bret Hart, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin when he came back, that was okay at the WrestleMania match. The man, the man sold the stunner better than The Rock did. And that's his time in WWF. I remember him most because I got into wrestling in 1997. I remember him the most in the NWO, the New World Order. And you boys know I love me some NWO. I have a black and red NWO shirt for the Wolfpack, for the Outsiders, him and Kevin Nash. And then I have the black and white, the original NWO. And he was the OG. The reason why Scott Hall means so much now to the wrestling world, you know, people are just jumping ship to AEW or WWE and they're doing it for the paycheck. It's because Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were the ones who were able to get the first big paycheck after leaving WWF. Why does this matter? So when WCW before billionaire Ted had bought out NWA, Vince was buying up the territories. Wrestling used to be broken off into territories, guys. It was the NWA Mid-Atlantic. It was the NWA Northeastern, National Wrestling Alliance, for those who want to know what acronyms are. So Scott and Kevin, their contracts going up. Ted Turner's like, hey, boys, come over here, and we'll pay you millions of dollars. And one of the things that they were getting was guaranteed downside contracts. Where downside contracts, in the event of XYZ, you're going to get this guaranteed amount. Because what's been the thing that has been controversial the last three years? Are they independent performers, right? So Scott was the first one to go to WCW. He came into the invasion. He showed up on Monday Night Nitro, still with his Razor Ramon accent, making it seem like the, you want a war? Well, it's coming for you. 
And then he formulated with Kevin Nash to make the outsiders, and they showed up at Bash at the Beach with the Hulk Hogan turn to create the New World Order, the NWO 444 Life. And if you ain't NWO, you're nothing. Scott was the big proponent of it. He had the hey yo after every single thing that he was doing. He had the survey says when he was coming out there for Thunder. Um, he he one time for the bad guy, or my favorite one is he would say I'm the bad guy, but he would give one time for the good guys. It, sucks he was 63 he has a lot of there was a lot of trauma that came into it scott hall killed the guy right i'm gonna say that right now how you view what i say may cause some controversy but there's a fantastic 30 for 30 that i encourage people to watch of how he dealt with that he had his hardships and his trials and addictions to alcohol and other things because of that with, with that backstory i don't want to propaganda it but there was a bar fight some guy brought a gun and self-defense was came into it and he was, was cleared of those charges but there's a lot of trauma and that's the thing that what i appreciate from scott hall is that even though they're playing imaginary characters or scripted characters that make they are human beings they're connected they're not carny is to a degree wrestling in a sense is a carny program as i talked to you guys the same thing of how i told you about brody and how i give this whole long gestating thing about it is that uh, about what his struggle was coming into it to be a wrestler and to enjoy people maybe you know whatever it was for scott hall is maybe i would imagine this is speculation so for anybody who was thinking i'm trying to put into a dead man shoes i'm not but i'm thinking that to go and perform for people doing for the fans and um to feel love and reflect into the community must be very fulfilling rewarding when you've had actual legitimate trauma done to you for actions that might not have been of your own fault right so that's a humanistic standpoint but i remember just being that kid in 1997 coming to wrestling because i went from new york to you know polk county florida so you know the hillbilliness was coming to me real quick like you know venom on spider-man i was like all right but you know there was a guy there it was him with the toothpick and we're doing this and we're gonna go one time for the bad guy right one time for the good guys nwo for life do the signs for the two sweet signs my paralegal's been messed up i told you guys um little meme that I, or little group chat that i sent in that i told my paralegal to come with me to court and play razor ramon's theme song um it it sucks it tells you a few things and like i did with brody i'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of do a reminder we're gonna get a little real here for a second um because in life you ain't got anything guaranteed you can have it today gone tomorrow that sense uh and the few things to kind of remember i'm a steal from scott hall's you know hall of fame speech because he was inducted twice one's the nwo and one as razor ramon is that you know to really make it a bridge dreams do come true work on all this stuff but you know bad times don't last forever but bad guys do because he's the bad guy and i would kind of tell people as i fly short you know enjoy experience go from there things matter right eat that kind of food tell that guy or girl that they matter and they important to you because you never know when you can say that to that person again and then more importantly buy that on the television because hey when you die you can't get buried in possession so don't be like me who sticks around and stares at something for an hour and a half and wondering if you do it because sometimes for three years you have to go for two years but but you know what man sometimes sometimes you need time to grow and acknowledge when it's time to go for something and that matters too as you know as it is so you know one more for the good guy scott hall all right okay so that's that's it for us this episode everybody so thanks for listening and i think we'll see you next week this is episode number 11 of normally 12 that we do so i'm assuming 
Next week will be the last one before we take our normal break. Okay, guys? Are we good with that? Sounds good to me. All right. So, yeah. So, see you, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Take care.